We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately not here. He has been busy at work, guys. Give Abe a pat on the back if you see him. Um, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I normally discuss the movies weekly. However, we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. But this is our August 2020 commentary track, and for this month, we are talking Enter the Dragon. The Hollywood Bruce Lee film. We'll get more into the details on that to be more specific. Uh, but the big the big Hollywood Bruce Lee movie that could have launched him into... I mean, did launch him into superstardom. It's just, unfortunately, there was not really enough time for much follow-up. Um, but, yeah, that's what we're going to talk. We're talking talk about Enter the Dragon. Uh, we've been... Uh, I'll get to our guests in a second, but the there has been a Criterion Collection release of Bruce Lee's films... And because of all of the watching we've been doing of said films, we decided, well, let's talk about Enter the Dragon for this month's commentary track. We're, we're, we've delayed some other ideas that we had because this just seemed like a more uh, fruitful one. And um, in addition to that, one of the co-stars of Enter the Dragon, John Saxon, just recently passed away, which we talked about on the uh, podcast not too long ago, but I just mentioned it again here. So uh, certainly uh, well-timed. We can do this episode in honor of the late John Saxon. But uh, joining me to discuss Enter the Dragon for this episode, we have, from Wise of Blue and the Colt Cinema Cavalcade podcast, He's ready to crack the Forbidden Island of Han. It's Brandon Peters. Hello, hello, hello. You know, it's funny with this Bruce Lee movie, any of uh, his film titles fit this one. Could, yeah, could say. yeah, that's true. Yeah. The Big Boss, Fist of Fury, Way of the Dragon, I have a feeling. Death, I, I, feel like, I have a feeling all of the titles for each of the films actually fit each of the movie, they but we can talk more could. about that. We'll talk about that. We'll get to that. Also joining us from Why So Blue, man, he comes right out of a comic book. It's Peter Paris. <laughs> hey, guys. How are the two of you doing this evening? Doing pretty good. Are you ready to watch this movie for the third time in, like, less than a month? <laughs> right. <laughs> Willie, it's awesome. I'm, I'm fine with it. Good. I'm uh, I'm secretly wishing we were watching the, what was the Stephen Summers bi- biopic one? Oh, uh, Dragon, Dragon, the Bruce, the Bruce Lee, Lee story? story? Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. Dragon Cole. I've seen I'm... that movie once, and I recall it not being bad. I recall it being no, pretty No, no, good. no, no. It's actually not terrible. I was just, I was making a joke. Who's actually, J- I don't mind J- that movie. Jason Scott Lee? Yes. Yeah. And, wait, who, who plays the, his wife? I feel like it's somebody. Um... Not Tia Leone. I feel like no, it's... No, 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 no. Um... We'll find out throughout this podcast. <laughs> yes. Lauren Holly. The Lord, there it is. There yeah, you go. Lauren Holly. Dumb and right, Dumber's yeah. Lauren Holly. All right. Thank you for, for that pause. And it stars Jason Scott Lee, of course, the star of Stephen Summers' Jungle Book. Stephen Summers, of course, directed The Mummy, which we did a commentary track a couple months ago for. Um, okay, so what are we doing here? We're talking Enter the Dragon. The three of us have our criterion versions of this film currently paused at 15 seconds in. Um, which means it is after, for our edition, it's after the Criterion logo pops up, and right as the old-school Warner Brothers logo is, like, about to emerge on the screen. Like, it's on the screen, and it's in the back, and it's going to, like, zoom forward and be like, Warner Brothers. That's where we have it paused. So if you're watching the Criterion version, 15 seconds in. If you have another version, I, I'd imagine around five seconds in, it's just right where the Warner Brothers logo has, like, just started to form. So if you plan to follow along with this podcast commentary track, as well as watch the movie, that's how you need to pause it. If you're just listening to listen, which most of you probably are, you're cool. You got to hear all that part because that was really informative, and you can tell. And if you're it, if you're if you're on your treadmill or your your soul cycle, keep it up. You're doing great. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy keep going. the dragon. Keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And take a break. Okay. Now let's get this going. You guys ready? Ready. Yes. All right. Three, two, one, go. It's coming at me. Woo! Coming at me. Okay. Whoa. It went through the screen. We're at ludicrous speed now. 
Is this the fr- I just realized, is this the only Warner logo where it doesn't have anything for the bro except that it says bros? Normally it's WB, but that's that right. weird seventies thing. Seventies era where they're like, we can drop the brothers part for a while. Right. <laughs> bro. Alright, so this movie. I love this color coordination. Yeah. This is this a where Sam- he's got his uh, hair. His, yeah. Uh, this big. is Sam Hung, right? He's fighting. Oh, I think you're right. I, think I believe, yeah, I'd say it's Sammo yeah, Hung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Sammo helped, like, with, like, a lot of the uh, coordination stuff. Yeah. Sammo Hung's here, and then I, you also, we, throughout this, you, Brandon, you might be able to help. We could play spot Jackie Chan, because he's in a couple yes. parts of this movie. <laughs> Wait, Jackie Chan's in this? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's a, he, huh. he, he plays uh, Jim Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's a stunt guy, and he's, like, I think, like, one of, like, a henchman or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's in a couple of the fight scenes, and yeah. he gets uh, so he gets like actually hit by Bruce Lee in a scene. Yeah, and the, the legend goes that he Bruce Lee promised him he'd be a because for it that he'd be a part of every one of his movies, and well, he didn't lie. Yeah. <laughs> so this opening, they added. We'll get all into the history, but they added this right. Bruce Lee was like, okay. Mm-hmm. We're starting, you guys, like Warner Brothers is like, John Saxon, we need him. We need a white guy or else everyone's going to be confused because so, that's how movies work. Um, and so, like, John Saxon was pretty much heading up most of this from the from the get-go. And Bruce Lee's like, guys, this is my movie. We're going to have a scene of me to establish that it's my movie. Am I, am I basically saying that right, Brandon? Well, what happened was, like, Bruce Lee was doing his own thing mm-hmm. in, in Hong Kong. And, like, he was waiting like they, they people wanted to do a movie with Bruce Lee in the States, but he was so huge over there that he was he got I wouldn't say ego, but he knew he could pick his projects and he knew he wanted quality. Yeah, like any and, like any actor that wants mm-hmm. to do a good project, they want to wait for something that comes along that speaks to them, not just be right. like, Yeah, let me just do whatever. <laughs> so they, they got him they they convince him to do this one's the one that convinces him and it's kinda like the the thing after he signs on, then they're like, Well, and there's some post-production mumbo-jumbo, but Saxon's brought in to, and Jim Kelly as well, they, they kind of triple lead it uh, in case they watch dailies and Bruce Lee isn't working for them. They also brought Robert Clausen, who was kind of a dud director that would allow Bruce Lee to control the action scenes for it. Mm-hmm. So someone who wasn't going to have a big person Klaus got a big head during and after this for it but um well he, he proved them because he made jim kata so he's like i right. I, I made the better movie eventually exactly but <laughs> yeah so so this was added later to just give a better intro to bruce lee's character who mm-hmm. you know was the big selling point but they were still hesitant so they kind of moved saxon to a co-lead thing it was just a weird are, are Americans going to want to go watch an Asian actor in a, as a lead? It was a weird thing at the time, but then this movie launches, and Bruce Lee launches this kung fu fu phenomenon through the 70s. Uh, but it was just, yeah, it was it was an odd thing. Like, and you have Jim Kelly there. A, you have Jim Kelly there because, you, like, the black exploitation thing's taking off as well. Right. So it's like, we have the best of all the worlds here. We got we got martial arts, we got black exploitation, and we got a comfortable white guy for everyone to stare at. And, right. to, 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 and to, 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 um, to John Saxon's credit, like, he's the black belt in karate. Like, he's yeah. a guy that knows his stuff. Like, he knows right. how to fight. Well, and the thing with Bruce Lee, and if you notice in this movie, he is, like, like ultra asexual in this thing. Like, yeah. d- despite his gigantic charisma 
is incredibly like the most toned human being ever. <laughs> they make him like ridiculously asexual because they weren't sure if that would sell if people wanted to see that. It's it's even so, though he's made like three, he just he's just make he's coming off three other movies where he very much makes himself like it's not like he's yeah. He's not like it. They're not romance. Sto- they're not romantic stories, but he's certainly like there are female leads or there are female right. characters in those movies that acknowledge the fact that this is you know a handsome leading man. Yeah, and he, it's just weird. Like he's proven in another country, but they don't think you know like America's the the place for the movie. So got to work hard. But he broke so much. Like doing this breaks so much ground for other Asian actors and and just allows things to progress but it just and even was this 1972 it when they're filming yeah yeah just it's it's weird it's hard to look back and think that that was a thing but we still have problematic things now i mean yeah it's, where, it's, it hasn't changed that much as far as what's considered a a, a romantic lead for a leading uh, like yeah. henry golding feels like he's somehow breaking down barriers even though it's 2020 right. peter what were you gonna say i'm sorry why well, I, I had two questions and i think you you sort of answered one as you uh you said you used the word black exploitation. I was going to say, is Jim Kelly. I'm trying to think. So, this is. Wait, this comes out in 73. Is yes. that right? Yes. Yeah. So, this comes out in 73. I When I think of black exploitation, I think of it as the late 70s. So, you're saying no. no Shaft is no, 71. No, like, I mean, Shaft and Sweet 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 Back. Sweet Sweet Back. Like, right okay. at the end of so, the decade. Yeah. And, and then so, yeah. Coffee and, yeah, Black Mama, White Mama, you get... Yeah, no, it's early 70s it's, is when Black It's happening right out. when this movie's happening. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then like, the, like Man the with other... the Golden Gun is 73. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's true. And that, yeah. And then the other question... Or sorry, live, live, live and Let Die. Live and Let Die is... No, no, you mean Live, live and Let Die right, is 72. Right, right. Yeah. 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 So the, uh, the other question I had was, John Saxon, what had he done? Is there... And I like John Saxon, but I'm but my mind is a blank right now. Did he have big starring movies that I'm not thinking of? That you're he like, was in oh. a, he was in all those beach bum movies, and yeah, like yeah, yeah. he was like a big big star, big teen. Like oh, he's a, he's a high, He was your, uh, you know, whoever's covering on the cover of Bop magazines and stuff when he first came out. But then in the '60s, he goes and he starts getting an international acclaim. Like he starts doing working with uh, Mario Bava. Um, he's doing, and in the, through this, it extends to the seventies. He works with like Argento. He does these Polchetti movies. Uh, he does a lot of work in Italy, but, um, he gets an international claim. Like he, I'm sure he's much more recognized as an international actor than just in the U S. Um, it's not till later. I mean, he comes back, he would hop back and forth, but, um, he comes back, he does Bob Clark's Black Christmas, but I mean, he's more known for Elm street where, you know, he's basically the, Donald Pleasance of A Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, what Donald Pleasance was to Halloween because of what he built up. He wasn't such a big bankable American star, but he was he could sell a movie to international audiences real easy. Like, oh, interesting. Okay. Like not like he wasn't he wasn't like a, oh my gosh John Saxon's huge, but he's a, he's a recognizable name overseas. He's added value. And that's how you yeah he's added value for overseas. Which is not uh, I mean I was just. Like I was, I mean, as I've mentioned, I was watching um, War of the Gargantuas not too long ago, and that has Russ Tamblin as the kind of American star there. Nick Adams has popped up, and he's in the he's in the the first Gargantuas, uh, Frankenstein Conquers the World, as well as uh, Invasion of Astro Monster. Like, you know, he's got these like white guys that are basically teen idols or TV stars that yeah. have this kind of international well, presence. One of the biggest like stars in the globe ever, but you wouldn't know it in America is Franco Nero. Like that guy is humongous. Uh-huh. It's not in America. Like. The guy was, uh, I mean, he was 
your Eastwood in Italy, like, and and those movies sold throughout, you know, the Western Hemisphere or the Eastern Hemisphere and stuff, and just he was a gigantic name, big big time, but he just never crossed over to here a lot, and his movies were playing from there were playing on you know 42nd street and whatnot but he was humongous over at least in italy but i imagine other countries surrounding europe as well yeah, I mean, this holds to today i mean you have like yeah. i'm reaching back a bit but like thing like david hasselhoff being huge still right yeah places or steven harvey Seagal, keitel. Harvey, Ke- harvey keitel john claude van damme obviously but he's an international star first anyway i mean there's always i imagine scott adkins has to be popular in a yeah. lot of places you look, you look beyond your front yard. I mean, some of these people are like, huh, but they're huge everywhere else, and um, they try to cross over, and some, some make it, some, some don't. But I mean, you look at some, look at some of the people Tarantino cast, will cast them because of their international yeah, appeal. Yeah, he knows, well, because he's also watched those movies. He's watched, he, you know, he's watched Django, like before he made Django and mm-hmm. he knows Franco Nero. He knows what he's, knows what he's referencing. Yeah, yeah. It's, or he can make, you know, he can make his Kill Bill films and have Sonny Chiba as a main character. I mean, it... yeah. John, I mean, just John Saxon's career, like looking at it. I mean, I don't know if a lot of titles will bump out, but if, look who he's working with more so than what the movie is. And you'll be like, oh, man, he's picking interesting directors, writers, you know, people to star with in movies. Um, and he's, he's got a gigantic log of movies and just a very varied interesting career and it's it takes it's much more interesting than in, in his most popular u.s days with those beach movies interesting oh wow so we're watching this movie yeah. um the plotting i mean we've talked about i mean we've talked about black exploitation already this is and we talked we mentioned james bond this has yeah, a very this, bond-like yeah. plot <laughs> oh yeah that's how they figured out i mean the, the writer said that's how they they broke the story on this it was like what are we gonna do oh let's make him james bond make him a spot <laughs> like yeah well yeah all the all the uh looking at the eight millimeter like the the you know the the footage of the you know the people that he's looking at here's the black and white surveillance we've got like yeah it's on this island i was like yeah this is totally james bond um yeah, very much so. And what helps is, I mean, Lee's good. Lee's a good yeah. actor. Like, I don't think we emphasize this enough when we talk about Bruce Lee as far as, yes, he's obviously a, a great specimen when it comes to an athlete and his martial arts abilities. He has presence. He has charisma. He can sell these lines. Like, it's not like he didn't feel limited in, like, what his abilities were. He'd have been a what good star say? in any era. Like, he would have been an amazing silent film star. Oh, of course. Like, martial <laughs> arts aside, like, just watching him, he tells you a lot without going over the top and just naturally he was made for this stuff. Well, yeah, you know, it's funny because I know we're watching, we're watching end of the dragon. Um, but you know, we are all watching this cause the, the criterion box set. And, um, so when I watched that game of death, the redux, mm-hmm. one of the things that they add in there is, is Lee with another partner. They're just kind of like hanging out. And I was like, Oh, I was like, yeah, cause he is so charming and stuff. I kind of, like having those scenes whereas the actual official game of death they really just stick to what is the scene where bruce lee is like kicking ass or whatever well because they didn't want to have to double those characters as well there were i mean the original they didn't add those characters they were there to begin with um but they cut them out because they didn't want to try to match up that fight and add two extra characters to it for each floor yeah, I guess. let's about, yeah. let's explain what that is a bit because i do find i i didn't know it existed before you know that set came out and it was fascinating to me but like game it's so a game of death 
Game of Death was the movie Lee was filming after this, and then no, he, it was, no, he sorry, he started, he sorry, yeah. he started filming it before he Enter the Dragon. He quit that to do this. Then he was going to get back to Game of Death, but then he unfortunately passed away. Um, so in 1978, years later, they finally, finally, they decided, I guess we should do this. Let's finish this movie that Bruce Lee <laughs> died before he was able to complete, not to the approval of many people involved. Um, and so they filmed, a, they basically took the scenes that Lee had filmed, edited around them and made a whole other movie using stand-ins and what have you to kind of build a film around 20 minutes worth of material. It's Furious 7 with, uh, Bruce Lee for modern. <laughs> or the, or, or the crow. Or the crow. Yeah. Well, even the crow they did, they, you know, there's not a lot, there, there's a whole lot less that they had to do for the crow by comparison. But yes, the, yeah, the, the I mean, of, yeah, cause there was multiple bodies for Paul Walker in Furious 7 as there were multiple bodies for Bruce Lee in mm-hmm. Game of Death. But regardless, so so Game of Death Redux, that is that exclusive to the Criterion? Was that did that exist yes, before? Yes, no, that was it's edited a, for the made for the Criterion. So the what happened is they you know an, an editor came in, took all of the footage that was available and put it together, the you know like the 30 minutes of footage that was available and put it together the way that Lee might have might have liked it, like how it, how it could have been. Right, uh, and it's like terrific. it took a segment for like it was it's like an actual like oh I just took this segment of the movie which is that which is what would would have been the finale of, and it is in the ver- the film version of it but it's basically like the finale of Game of Death so it's this it's this thirty minute fight sequence that's Bruce Lee climbing up levels of this pagoda and there's there's a couple other characters as well and he fights various people including Kareem De- Kareem Abdul Jabbar so this Redux version is. This basically a 30 minute short film that's awesome. Like it's the best you can see because it's Lee doing all the things he's very good at, and it chops out all of the fat basically. So you're just watching this 30 minutes of action sequences. Yeah, it's it's really cool. And there's some interesting tidbits in there that I I just think we're going to show like what a genius of fight choreography and com- being creative and coming up with stuff that Lee is. I like the stuff with the you could hear. Um, uh, from the floor above mm-hmm. that was constantly present in some of the fights that was not in game of death. It was not, I didn't really notice it in other footage, but it was really cool to see those little ticks that he was adding to these fight scenes. And I think game of death was going to like top this, like his original game of death. Had he finished it probably just, just seeing where his mind was, where he was jumping to. I, I think that would have been, that would have topped enter the dragon. Who are we watching here? This is his sister. Right. This yeah. is a Bob Bob Wall's character is the like assassin for the the main bad guy. Uh, killed his sister. Um, I guess she was maybe a secret operative as well, or stumbled onto stuff. And uh, Bob Wall kills her, and he gets the scar in his face from this. Yeah. Uh, so this is just him you know, like learning the story of it. So we know that Bob Wall, while he's the number two, has a there's a personal thing uh, with him and. Bruce Lee's character. Is Jackie Chan in here? Is he one of the people that's chasing her? Uh, I don't know. I think he, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he okay. is. That's, that'd be interesting. I'm trying to, now I'm looking, I'm like, I mean, he's, look? it's 70, so he's younger, so yeah. like, it doesn't, it, it, his face gets more distinctive as he gets older, honestly. Oh, that might have been him. That oh, that might have been Yeah, I think yeah. so, right? I See, that's that what I'm him. saying. Yeah, yeah, I think he's yeah. here. Wow, I totally didn't know that. Watching this, uh, this room reminded me of um, where Michelle Yao fights in uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. That, oh, like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she has oh, I can see that, yeah. It's louder than I want it to be. 
Um, so we've been, as we mentioned, we've been watching all these Bruce Lee films for you know the past month basically as they came out on Criterion. So we've we've all we've seen them all, right? Yes. The three of us. No, I have not. What have you I not watched? I didn't watch Fist or Way yet. I oh, okay. I was I watched Bo- Big Boss, which I thought was good, and then what happened was my girl came, girlfriend came over and went to watch Enter. So then I like skipped, and then that same night we watched Game of Death. So I still need to go back. Okay. Well, so I I had not seen all of these movies up until this point. No, you uh, hadn't. Not I haven't seen the Big Boss. I thought boss. you just hadn't seen them in a long time. Okay. I, I mean, no, to to rephrase, yes, I haven't seen them. In, I haven't seen Fist of Fury and Way of the Dragon in the longest of time. I never saw Big right. Boss, and when I had, I'd seen like clips of some of these. But yeah, no, I, I hadn't seen two of them in the longest of times. I don't okay. think I've ever saw Game of Death in full. Regardless, now I have seen them all in full, and I'm you know very conscious of what they what they are. Um. Where do you, Brandon? Where do you land with like ranking these films? Like, is Enter the Dragon the top? I think Enter the Dragon's the top. Um, there's, I, I don't know. It feels like it's uh, like the grand finale of what was building in the first couple of them. Plus, you know, he's got extra money, so it's able to make it neat on screen. I, I like Fist of Fury a lot. Um, maybe that's because I, that was one I saw a lot more growing up. Um, sure. Plus, it's got the it's got really iconic sets in that one, uh, and I like um, I don't know his his comedy comes across best in that one. I think I like his little Jerry Lewis stuff, where he's in disguise and um, just some of the one on one battles just feel a bit more epic. Uh, Way of the Dragon is very good. The the Chuck Norris, so I think it moseys a little bit too uh, a little bit, um, but um, it's still ultimately got some great stuff and then big boss is awesome it is um it's just first uh and game of death i think game of death is cool like for what for the era they were making it in and for what they were doing that movie has no business being as good as it was uh if we want to count game of death but um uh it's and I, i love the score of game of death and, uh, I like the score in all of these. But that was maybe the most surprising yeah. thing is how into the music I was in all of these movies. Yeah. Uh, Game of Death 2? <laughs> Which are we counting that? that I mean, uh, do you rank it that high? <laughs> no, but it's a silly, dumb movie that's fun to watch. I um, I So watching these, yeah, I don't dislike any of these movies. Game of Death 2, mm-hmm. I'm probably not going to rewatch too many times because I was like, oh, no, that's, yeah. that's what they did. Um. I really liked Way of the Dragon the most. I was surprised that that was the one that I came away liking the most. I, I mm-hmm. think it might be because so that's the one he directed, and um, not to say he. Wait, I thought he directed. Wait, I thought he directed Fist. I no. thought he did. No, no, two no. Of them? Big Boss director does the first two. Uh, Lee does what he can with him, and then takes Gets over with Way of the Dragon. Does it, does it, does it himself? And, and then I, he's gonna do Game of Death. Yeah. But, but I. Wait, oh wait, would he have directed Game of Death? Yes, would he would have. Been... Yes, he would have directed Game of Death. And Game of Death, actually, there uh, all the reshoots um, and a lot, of, so a lot of Game of Death was reshot. There are so many flashbacks in this movie. <laughs> like I forgot it's, how it's loaded yeah, oh, flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're probably wondering how I got here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Game of Death, like apparently they shot it. Uh, a lot of the fight scenes didn't work, looked like crap. So Bob Wall and Sammo Hung actually went back and. Uh, they didn't want Bob Klaus anywhere near the movie, so they reshot it without Bob like Klaus, and they redid a lot of the action scenes of that movie. So they are uncredited mm-hmm. uh, directors on Game of Death. I, I can get, I can see that. Uh, I will say, not not. I just wanted to say that you were saying there was a lot of flashbacks. Um, this it's funny. 
I don't know how Brandon feels, but I know uh, Aaron and I are not fans of Suicide Squad. And no. <laughs> don't credit yeah. me with liking that. <laughs> no, stop. And I, know, and I know people when I people I know that like Suicide Squad, they're always like, yeah, but what about that opening when you like see where everyone's from and it's so awesome? And I was like, no, I hate that, that scene. That is, that but is, you know what? Is, I mean, that is the start of why it's so bad. <laughs> but I was like, but technically, I guess that's what this is, but it's way more effective. Like, well, yeah, only because, three I mean, of them. I mean, it's execution. Right, right. You, you're, you're not in, you're not introducing the same character multiple times. You're you're not you're, you're not, not doing, doing it clumsily. All at once. You're not using every obvious pop song possible to <laughs> emphasize what's going on in the scene. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with introducing characters via flashback. It's how you do it. And when you have a trailer editor company doing that, that's what right. you're that's what you're resulting yeah. in. You have a thing that um, looks like a trailer for the rest of the movie. Well, yeah, this is like this is pretty effective. Oh, yeah, and, and Saxon, I didn't know Saxon was a black belt, but he yeah, yeah, he's, he's a skilled yeah. martial artist, and he knows how to rock a turtleneck. So, like, he does what he's doing. And look at he just knocked in the golf ball right there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, what I was saying, real quick, uh, Lay of the Dragon, yes, it stood out to me as my favorite. I, I, it might just be because of the kind of total authorship of Bruce Lee on that movie. Like, I'm not saying it's perfect. Oh, yeah. I don't think any of these movies are perfect, but I do think there's. Something about how pure that movie feels, as far as this is exactly everything Bruce Lee wanted to do in his movie, that shines. And I do think the the action is great in it. It has, I think, my favorite use of nunchucks in all these movies. I mean, Game of Death has some great nunchuck stuff in it, but I do think the Way of the Dragon nunchuck stuff is very good because he uses two nunchucks. At I mean, one those point. weren't used in movies till then. Mm-hmm. I mean, till Bruce Lee. And really. like I, I, I've I've never really been a fan of nunchucks to begin with, and watching Bruce Lee is like. No, these are awesome. I see what like the, I, said, I see what the appeal is here. <laughs> two dudes made nunchucks awesome: Bruce Lee and Michelangelo. Uh huh. That's it. Uh, Maxi in Soul Calibur. Uh, it's one of my favorite characters. Well, I, so. I as I, I I believe I messaged you guys. Uh, was um, Michael Jai White in Black Dynamite, of course, as well. Oh, okay, he, okay. he knows how to use his nunchucks. Uh, regardless, no, I like that. I mean, and the Chuck Norris fight at the end, I think, is a. Like that's like Leone level filmmaking as far as what Lee was trying to do oh, with yeah, that. Yeah, I think yeah. as far as like the close-ups, the the pace, the pacing, the zoom-ins and everything. Like there's some really, there's some really good filmmaking going on in that film. And I, I and well, there's a rawness to those first three I like as well. Sure. There's like sure. a loose, like they feel a little more dangerous because there's like less control in the filmmaking almost that it helps to add to that action. Look at Jim um, Kelly just popping in here, being awesome with his afro and everything. Here's the thing, Jim Kelly like. How does this dude not? I mean, he should be bigger. You're right. He should be. His his look is iconic, but he's not. You know, because mm-hmm. you get things like Afro Samurai and yeah. things like that. That and and when you know you see Black Karate Man, it, it's got that Jim Kelly look because it's him. And he 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 rocks the freaking exploitation circuit in the 70s, but disappears yeah, as soon as 1980. Oh, yeah. oh, so Jim Kelly was pretty big. Oh yeah, he was I mean, big in the black exploitation world. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was up there with Williamson and them, but he he had because he had the karate move, like he was the karate guy, like the kung fu kung fu dude, and he just disappears he, he, after. Like, the 70s. yeah, literally, like there's no credits after the after yeah. after the eighties. It's like, it's but he just, man, there is he is the coolest damn dude. He's like, very if, cool. Like he, I could see he, him he, having his own series. Like, like Bruce Lee's got competition and coolness because Jim Kelly's in this movie. Like if so he, he was, to kill if him he, off he, in it. Is like Jim if he was, he, uh, no, he passed away in 2013. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, but he's, I mean, if Billy D. Williams wasn't around, it's like, make him Lando. Like, I mean, he's, really, he's a cool guy. Right. <laughs> make him fucking Luke Skywalker. I don't, who cares? Like, <laughs> and I mean, I, and then skipping ahead to Game of Death, 
Kareem, man. He oh, looks Kareem. <laughs> he's badass. And even when and you can tell like he wanted this Jim Kelly thing because um, even when they do the, the stand in for Kareem, that dude's got that look, that thing going on. And mm-hmm. uh, like Kareem. Yeah. Like you wouldn't think, you know, taking the basketball player, put him in th- something like that, that it would be as as effective. But man, Kareem. Well, I wasn't Kareem. Bruce Lee gets something out of Kareem that no one else did. Wasn't Kareem a student of Bruce Lee's though? Yes. Well, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was visiting yes, he was in town, and he's like, "I gotta get you." Like he was like, luckily in town, and he, and Bruce Lee's like, "Hey, while you're in town," and that's that's how he got in that movie. Although I w- I have to say only because I know we're talking about uh, Enter the Dragon, but just because we yeah, talked Game of Death, I don't understand if Kareem was still alive, why. Why do they have a weird stand-in? Why isn't he? Why because, did they because he didn't want to do it. That's he why. Because he didn't want oh, to. Do it. Oh, well, then that. Because it. because because the guy died. He died before he was able to finish this movie. Then years later, they're like, "We want money. We're gonna make the movie that this man died trying to make, or before he was able to make." So yeah, no, his friends and people he worked with, they're not just sitting there thinking, "Yeah, let's honor our friend by having someone else play him in a movie." Like, no, that's not gonna work. So he said, "No, I don't want to do oh, that." Okay, like, that's not my. Yeah, that's not my thing. Because yeah, because I noticed in that scene, I was like, "Wait," I was like, "I think that's a stand-in." I was like, "I don't think yeah. that's him at all." Yeah, because like, there's uh, a lot. Because a lot of people did not agree with the idea of making this movie. Like, it's not like today where yeah, you want to honor Paul Walker's legacy, so you like right. yeah, get his brothers involved and everyone like that. Those are those are films about family. I get but that. I, I, I get, and I... there's and there's people that can like. But then vouch for that and be cool with it. This is yeah. like we just want to make we just want to capitalize on the fact that everyone is very popular when it comes to Bruce Lee or things related to Bruce Lee. Right, but like I was telling you guys, if if this happens like in uh, the '90s or, or just the next decade, even Game of Death doesn't get made because you can have a bonus VHS or a bonus feature on a DVD that has the Game of Death footage, and there's no need because people want to see that. Uh, it's the last thing Bruce Lee had going. Um, they're sitting on this footage. They want to get it out there. But in the 70s, how do you do that? And then they come up with this stuff. And yes, there's the money-making factor behind it. But if they have that footage and it's, say, 1998, they're putting it as a bonus feature on a Bruce Lee set DVD. Thing. I mean, also, I I mean, also, I, I, I thought it was, from what I've heard, I, 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 I don't know. I thought it was a little ghoulish that isn't the scene... In Game of Death, where we see him dead, that's actually him. Is that true? Yeah, there's footage yeah, of, the, of in, a funeral. Both Game of Death. Yeah, there's there's footage of Bruce Lee's funeral in the movies, and yes, you I do think it's corpse. quite ghoulish. Like you it's, see his actual corpse. It's it's part of why those movies sit dead last in my rankings for me because it's just I don't I, I don't honestly feel that comfortable with the fact well, that they're he did not them. true. They're not like true. Yeah, they're, they're not, not true movies to begin with. Or, but like, but, I, it, but I it doesn't with, but it doesn't help either. It doesn't make me, it doesn't make no, me feel any better about it. It's like Let It Be, the Beatles album, where they they didn't finish it. Someone else finished it and put it out uh-huh. like it's still good but it's not what they would have done had they right. finished that I mean, album like, I, I much prefer the redux because i'm just like oh this is just saying here's the footage that existed exactly. right. imagine yeah. this is this part of the movie and i'm like oh yeah that's pretty cool like and today you can yeah, do I mean, that back in the 70s to get that footage out there they had to bullshit make a movie to to get it out there to people so they could i i I'm sure there's somebody involved with that that wanted that footage out there, people to see oh, of it. Of course, yeah. But more people in the company were probably like, "Hey, all these people are making rip-off Bruce Lee movies. We have footage. Let's make it." It does make me think about 
and I'm sure because of because internet, I'm sure there's a listing, but it does make me think about like um, rankings of films where a famous person dies before it's completed. Because what was the Heath Ledger one? It's not Dark Knight. It's Imaginarium the, of Doctor Parnassus. Imaginarium yeah. where it's like Johnny Depp, right? Didn't they get other people? They got Johnny. They got Johnny Depp, Colin they, Farrell, and right. Um, and who's the third one? Um, Andrew Garfield's in that movie, but he's not one of them. Um, who's the third one? Imaginarium. And I actually like Imaginarium quite a bit. I think it's pretty good. Because <laughs> you got a crafty director there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And I, I, and it's, it's a, it's a solid Gilliam movie. Who's the third one? Johnny Depp, Colin Farrell, and um... Christopher Plummer. <laughs> Christopher Plummer. Uh, <laughs> Jude Law. Jude Law. There we go. I said Jude Law. Oh, I'm sorry. Didn't I? I well, I mean, I, I said Johnny wait, wait. Depp and Colin Farrell twice. You didn't tell me Jude Law. Okay. Wait, I, wanted I, said, to ask... I said Jude Law? Okay. I, was... I wanted to ask, because uh, it seems Brandon knows, is this guy, this this the, the evil Australian guy, is he like a friend of Bruce Lee's? Was he another person who was kind of like in this same group or whatever, and he's in a lot of movies? Oh, I don't. But the Australian guy? No. This guy? This yeah, the, ba- the, ba- the bad guy. The I was like, guy. I don't. I don't so think like... so. I don't, I don't know much. I know him and Robert Wall were, or Paul were like they were buds. They're and bud, then yeah, this guy. The, and then Klaus, the director, tried to put some like act like to the press there was some beef between him and Bruce Lee, which there wasn't. Um, but if you have these Blu-rays, I highly recommend. On the game of, I believe on the game of death, this there's a Robert Hall interview, and it is unhinged, insane, and highly entertaining because he. Does not have good things to say about Robert Klaus. And wait, wait, is he that? Wait, is he the guy with the scar? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But oh, actually, he's in Game of Death. Yeah, he's yes, in he Game is. of Death. Relu- he he is the highest paid person on Game of Death. He'll bra- he brags about that in his thing, and it's crazy. But uh, but yeah, but it's funny with Enter the Dragon and Bob Klaus was like I was saying like he um spend the rest of his career after this trying to chase Enter the Dragon. Like he does Jim Cotta, which is straight up Enter the Dragon again, but with gymnastics. We should talk about the influences this movie had on other movies in a second, but I'm just I'm looking at this guy now, the Australian Peter Archer, Peter Ian Archer. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he he he's a successful karate champion uh, during oh. a tournament in Hong Kong. Bruce Lee approached him and uh, and asked him if he just wanted to be in this movie. And he said sure, and he said he said what is it? He's like I don't know, but I'll write something up for you. So he, you know he just saw his talent. <laughs> He just saw his talent and wanted to be in the movie. Bruce Lee wanted, like, he liked to have real fighters in his movies because he didn't like, uh, part part of his thing, he liked uh, punches and stuff connecting. He liked to really be able to hit people um, with his fight scenes. And he did change kung fu and fight scenes. Like, there was an operatic um, nature to them before him. He changed the cadence. Like, there was big fights on, on the big boss between him and the director and lots of conflicting stuff but once it worked it worked and they listened to him but like bruce lee has a one two three count on a lot of his hits and his movements and that was just against the grain back then they had a more balanced dance like structure to things and he really made it rougher tougher but they're uh, not really still not really hitting each other well they're connected well there's he's still connecting he's he's still pulling he's pulling back a bit because yes they don't want to seriously injure each other but they are connected you can't have bruises appear throughout the movie on your right exactly yeah all those reasons but i mean yeah they are they're doing it enough so it looks authentic because it basically is and that's you know it depends but there are certain movies that still do like the raid films 
the mm-hmm. guy, the guys would literally say prayers to each other before before they started filming scenes because they wanted to do it as real as they could so they could hit um, and just know that there'd be like no hard feelings between any of them because those are intense movies as you recall. Everything's uh, well, done in real time. They actually hit each other. They had to do it on one take. It's amazing. The rage. Well, so let me. Well, so, let me ask, <laughs> well, so let's let's bring up. Obviously, look, this is 2020 when we're recording this, and you know, uh, six months after. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I think we all really like. Um, Some would now, say it was now, one of the best of the last decade. <laughs> I would say really love. <laughs> yeah, I, I loved it. But um, but um, I will say that I, while I do not, it would be really hard for me to believe, especially because of the Kill Bill outfit, it would be hard for me to believe that Quentin Tarantino is not a fan of someone like Bruce Lee. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but only because you guys are bringing it up. One of the things in the movie is that the Brad Pitt character, who is one of our leads, he he's kind of there is sort of a jab at Bruce Lee at like almost being more of a dancer than a fighter and stuff. Now I I don't like again I do think there's a difference between what a character's intentions are and what we think the filmmaker thinks you know uh-huh. what he really thinks or whatever but i just wanted to throw that out there and like what were your thoughts on not necessarily the scene because i think we all enjoy the scene we don't think it should be canceled or anything like that but what were your thoughts what do you think tarantino thinks of someone like bruce lee real quick it... r- real okay. quick i mean like you can't you can't like walk in and say this scene's canceled yet still say reservoir dogs is his best movie or something where it's like well what about all the slurs that he's using in there but <laughs> <laughs> right. um, regardless i mean yeah it's i think it's very obvious that bruce that he admires bruce lee you look just looking at the way he's presenting this man and thinking well if i'm gonna write a character i need to be you know the biggest badass i can there's only one person that I can that I, that makes sense to feasibly prove that he is that badass and it's someone that could take on Bruce Lee because that's impossible. So that I, I feel like that's a reverse engineering way of finding you know the best way to show his love for this character is by saying, I've written someone that is this great because he can he can he can at least survive a match against who is the best fighter of all time. Right. Uh, thing is like too like. It's it's just a comedic scene. Like yes. there's no, I it's, mean that's it's all obviously. it is. <laughs> that's all it is. It's it's comedy and it's more a comedy played off of the relationship of Pitt's Pitt's character and Kurt Russell and his wife. That's where where the comedy comes from, less than Lee. And to say to to say and think that Lee did not have an ego. Come on. Let alone <laughs> read let, interviews, let alone, listen to people talk. Like come let on. Alone, let alone a sense of humor. I mean, it's right. Like, right. Acting like, like as as if like this guy just like doesn't know how to laugh at himself. Like having just watched all of Bruce Lee's movies, the guy very much knows how to laugh at himself. Like it's not, right. like look at this. Like we're sitting, right. sitting here eating <laughs> eating food right now with John Saxon. Like the guy the guy knows how to let how to laugh, and it's not coming at the expense of the fact that he's an Asian actor who's had a tough time making it in America. It's yeah. it's 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 bouncing off of. Yeah, I, I know how to be a human. Like it's it's not going any deeper than that. Right. Yeah. At least not at least not on Quentin's Quentin Tarantino's level. Like he's not sitting there thinking, I need you know, I need to find a way to bring this guy down a notch using specifically his Asian heritage. Like it's it's just more yeah. human interactions. Well, Tarantino is on the level of like a almost it, it seems like a like a Dave Chappelle where like they, they want to cancel to pull that stuff, but it just doesn't phase the guy and they're never going to get to him. And it drives people nuts. Like, 
So whatever Tarantino does next, they're going to go after him again. Like it's it's just what it's what happens. But considering he's a person who's confident in himself, strong willed, and just uh, this is me, and is able to articulate and fully well round his reasonings and how he does stuff and showcase that he is. And the environments that he chooses going. that are appropriate. Not he's not right. a guy that's sitting on Twitter thinking I got to find the perfect 180 character response to this. Like yeah, because he doesn't let the social media age bother him. That's the problem. That's the, that's where you're bigger than that. Like that's that's why your Woody Allen's don't go away. That's why you're you know it's the people that they don't take too much stock in that social media type environment. So it just doesn't get to them. So and they get questions and they're just kind of like huh. Uh, whatever but clearly the scene he wrote was comedy out of love for bruce lee or he wouldn't have included him in the movie it was not a a hit or anything like that it's just he was an important figure in the lives of uh the people the movie's surrounding i mean he the movie has uh, sharon tate it's got steve mcqueen those people trained with bruce lee like it's yeah who's the character emile hirsch played the hairdresser um, oh yeah yeah because he, he's training with him at one point as well Right. Like, oh, I he, forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. Forgot about Emil Hirsch. Um, right, here's, here's Shang Tsung. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean Han. Yeah. So oh yeah. I, this this thing influences Mortal Kombat like no other. Oh, yeah. Totally. Bo- both the game and the movie. The movie, which I contend is still at least in the top three of best video game movies of all time, it's because <laughs> it knows what it's doing. It's like right. the game doesn't have much depth to it beyond there's a tournament on an island. What's that movie? Well, it's just Enter the Dragon with video game characters, and it knows that, and it does it. Well, <laughs> it's it, Mortal Kombat's Enter the Dragon and Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, smashed together with like the supernatural element. Sure. Yeah. Is the guy the guy playing Han? Is he famous too? Was he in stuff? He's my uncle. That'd be funny if that was true, right? Uh, nah. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. He has a long, long career in in Chinese cinema, but I mean. I, I'm sure he's a well-known character actor in that area, but just looking at his filmography, it's quite, <laughs> quite long. But yeah, nothing is. It doesn't really extend into you know anywhere else be outside of uh, Hong Kong and China. And they this, go from uh, they go from Chuck Norris to a guy with a claw. Yeah, like that's the that's the. What's that? Go, it's that Bond element, right? You mm-hmm. got to get this quirky. Right. Back. I mean, uh, it's like, you know, true. it's like Doctor yep. No or or right. what? Well, it's totally Doctor No. That's, who, that's yeah. Weird. I mean, he has an island. Or whoever yeah. Yafikoto's big guy is. What's the guy Yafikoto? Mr. Big. Mr. Big is that? Or no, that's Yafikoto, but who's his? Dr. Who's Kanega. Kanega, That's his henchman, right? With the claw hand. Well, no, the claw. Oh, Tihi. That's Tihi. Tihi. Yeah. Tihi. Yeah, okay. Tihi. Oh yeah. Mr. Big uh, and Kanega are the same person, right? That's Yafikoto. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Just, big is the alias of. He, Dr. he rips off his plastic nose or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's me yep. again. <laughs> you know, it never it never occurred to me. Now that I'm thinking, it's only probably because you brought up. Um, with Once Upon a Time in America and uh, Manson and Hollywood. everything, that so many right? Oh, sorry, yeah, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That so many of the Bond villains and and obviously Han here too, which is very much like a Bond villain. They're kind of like, um, I guess, and it makes sense because the '60s and '70s. They're kind of like cult leaders. Like I never really thought of that, but they all have they all have like their followers. They all have like their own little island. Like it, I never. Right, thought Han's of that. a sex trafficker. Yeah. Yeah, like they're kind of 
huh, that didn't... I mean, that to an what? extent on some of them, sure. I mean, it's more of just like... It, the epitome of eccentric businessmen. I mean, that's what it comes to because they, you know, their their idea is I want power in some way. I want money. Some of oh, them have a some of them have a staff, not necessarily. Yeah. A... yeah. <laughs> like Doc uh, Noah's a staff. Uh, Gold Goldfinger has a staff. I would uh, I give mean, you that. But the uh, Bond movies have Spectre. I mean, they have an organization of evil yeah. people looking that's to be involved true. in everything. There is the main Spectre thing. That's true. Uh, Moonraker. Hugo Drax does have a cult thing going on with same with us why you love me with um, yeah with um what's his name fish hands kurt jürgen <laughs> kurt jürgens yeah. yeah but that's not populated down there though yet when they go to space they got all these people getting ready to procreate yeah moonraker's just a step up as far as yeah. fire love yep. me goes it's like yeah see Look, I, I already could be you know kurt jürgens i already have yep. people in space <laughs> in my convenient rockets and Scaramanga is just, you know, he's just a, he just loves gold. Him a knickknack. Him a knickknack. I believe if they couldn't get uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Herbie Villachez was the uh, the runner-up for that part, just to really <laughs> make a dichotomy. This checks out. This yeah. checks out. This is true. So uh, we were briefly talking about influences or whatnot, but yeah, Mortal Kombat, a very obvious one. Um, good call on Big Trouble Little China. That's a commentary we should do someday. We should do more car. Yeah. Have we done many Carpenter? We did the. We've done. Well, you weren't even Halloween. involved. We've done Halloween. We've done. Um, we did Escape from New York. Yep. We, we did the thing before you were involved. Uh, huh? <laughs> we did the thing really early on. Uh, we should do more more Carpenter. Um, hmm. it could be an October project. I did uh, Prince of Darkness on Cult of Cavalcade once. Well, yeah. There you go. That's where the audio-wise, I think. Ooh, I forgot. I have a uh, uh, Yancey, friend of the show. Uh, let me borrow his his 4K Prince of Darkness. I've been meaning to watch that. Maybe I'll watch that tonight. I forgot Good about disc. that. The Is Studio that Canal? Yeah, I think it's the Studio Canal. I I really I like that. An underrated. Uh, oh, that one always. That's that's Carpenter. one that always, every time I see it, it goes up for me. The Prince of Darkness. Was that my Mar- did I was that the last Halloween or the Halloween before? Because I know I did that. In the mouth. When did the mouth of madness come out? Was that two years ago? Two years ago. I think two years ago. A year and a half, two years ago, somewhere around there. Then that might have been two Halloweens ago, and I because I know I did a Carpenter marathon one Halloween, not too long ago. Anyway, um, influences. <laughs> well, well, well you know what I was gonna say one one thing. Uh, influence. Obviously, I can think of John Wick Chapter Two, but I think there's a lot of movies that do. I mean, I guess spoiler alert that do the big finale and enter the dragon, the big mirror thing. That's in a yeah. lot of movies. Well, right? that's I like, mean, that goes you know, before this. John that, Wick chapter two for sure. That goes that goes before this movie though. That's Lady from Shanghai, Horace and Wells. Like that's that's what I think when I think of the oh. big mirror finale. Oh, I guess that's you're right. Um, I guess I'm thinking of it as a fight scene, but you're right. Yes, I mean, it is technically. I mean, it's it's an action scene. It's a as far as, as far as the '40s yes. go. I mean, it's that's what an action scene is going to be. I mean, but I know what you mean as far as. There is something, you know, uh, there's something obviously cinematic and challenging about filming a scene in front of 800 different mirrors in a room that, you know, makes it dynamic and mysterious and what have you. So, yeah, it makes for a cool scenario. And, yes, I'm sure probably David Leach was thinking more Enter the Dragon than Lady from Shang. That said, there's a lot of noir in uh, the John Wick movies. So I don't know. Yeah. It could go. It goes other way. I mean, there's. You say there's a lot, but when I think of mirror-based action sequence in, in films, I, I, I think of this 
now John Wick and Lady from Shanghai. Those are the three movies that are come to mind immediately. When There's got to be more. I mean, you're right. I, I th- there are more. I'm just saying those are the ones that come to mind. It Chapter 2, of course, right? We always talk about that. I um, play Hot Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a movie I just saw that I thought was okay, although I don't know if I'd say it's I don't know if I'd say it's really Enter the Dragon. Um, that movie, uh, I think it's called Hell Knight. The part of the oh, finale. Okay. Part of the finale is a big mirror area, yeah. but yeah. Eh, I don't know if that's mirrors are mirrors. Mirrors are cinematic, and if you can pull them off, and there's a lot of deep meanings and trickery you can play with them. So they're kind of a kind of just a, a thing i mean it's it's an easy thematic device too as far as you know du- duality and what have you but i mean obviously beyond influence of course um now i have never seen jim Cotta, but i mean i've seen blood sports and like so there's probably a number of 80s martial art movies that that do a there's a competition oh, 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 like, oh, jim Cotta. Uh, uh, it's called the game and uh and they uh, people go to an island and there's like fighting and obstacle courses oh yeah, yeah. i mean so there's like there's, there's, there's at least two john claude van damme movies that do that but what's the wait what's, blood sport what's the other one what's the what's the other, oh what's the no one? retreat no surrender yeah there, no no that's a that's kids that's a what's what's the, what's, <laughs> what's the one with roger moore it's like from the 90s oh uh legionnaire that's not it's not legionnaire what's the other one there's another uh, one it has roger moore in it one of his last to hit theaters. It's one of his last. Um, yeah, it's one of his last one of those. Yeah, oh, God, it's something. Uh, by the way, Tango and Cash has a mirror finale. Uh, Jean Claude. Oh, he's fighting the Australian guy now. By this, yeah, I do really Jim like Kelly this is. scene. I love seeing how they're doing their little side hustle. Is it like Legend or the Legend? Yeah, it might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like yeah. that. Hold on, let's see. Legend, it's like '97. Yeah. The quest, the quest. Oh, oh yeah, we're, we're in the okay. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I haven't. It's like it's a, it's like Tibet or something like that too. But I know Roger Moore's in. I remember that. <laughs> he did the quest before he did Double Team and 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 Maximum Risk. Okay, so that and, was and knockoff, of course. Knockoff was another. <laughs> that was okay. He was still pretty popular. Yeah, right he then. was kick, he was kicking around until like '99. Yeah. When does um because we were saying that Jackie Chan is in this, when does Jackie Chan's career take off? Is he the eighties? Jackie he tried, Chan he, he's oh depends where you're at. <laughs> oh, I mean China. Like obviously not rush hour. Well Do he I, has plenty of stuff in China. That, he and, he has a he his arc is somewhat similar to to Bruce Lee as far as you know, fine, building up credit and what ha- and they're both was Bruce Lee a child actor? Did we establish this? Was he also a child actor? Yeah, he was a child. No, he's, he's a, a lot chi- of... Most yeah. of his credits are child actor. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Chan, similar. Like, he had a background of, like, doing entertaining stuff as a youngster and, like, being on a, in a kind of a troupe and what have you. And, yeah, he would do movies and stuff. And, like, he had, like, what, The First Drunken Master? Like, he had, he, yeah, yeah, he had a great Chinese career. Then he tried to come to America. They didn't know Cannonball what the hell run. to do. They didn't, yeah, Cannonball yeah. Run. Yeah. With, with with Roger Moore again, right? Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. They didn't Moore. they didn't know what to do with him. Jackie Chan didn't know what the hell he was doing, so he went back to China. He made Police Story himself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Police Story is where he gets attention yeah. from. Yeah, he like, had a he had, he had a few more he had a few before that with like him and Sammo Hung actually, but um, but Police Story is where yeah he like you said he got a he got huge attention from that. Uh, and just, it's not like it wasn't like it wasn't attention as in like oh let's put him in everything. It was. 
people in the industry, like directors, were seeing that and being like, holy shit, yeah. this is next level stuff and m- mimicking it and forcing like and sharing like what he's doing around and building up his at that point because like it in china like they were taking his other movies and just copying them like they were they were just doing other yeah that's why that's why it's even called police story because he didn't want other filmmakers to take the thing he was doing and duplicate it so he made the most generic title possible so people couldn't really understand what it was going to be so he made police story and police story too and yeah he's still and he's still making chinese he's made like the was it um whatever the the first one of whatever um operation condor was in america yep yep project armor, Arm, armor of god um and all, yeah and then finally in the 90s that's when rumble in the bronx hit america and the the trailers were all like here's the man who does all of his own stunts and all that mm-hmm. and they sold him and and it was they, funny if you if you rent the rumble in the bronx I had the trailers for street fighter coming to uh vhs the sunny chiba series it was uh-huh. like this guy was awesome too back then, but now now watch Jackie Chan. Like I remember, anytime I, I like, cause I loved Rumble in the Bronx when I saw, I was my mind was blown, and I just remember Street Fighter trailer like, oh yeah, we'll go back and watch this, cause this guy you forgot about. And so there's wait, so series. did you guys, so Aaron and Brandon, did you guys both have you guys both seen a lot of uh, Jackie Chan? I yes. have seen a lot of Jackie Chan movies. That was my, and that's more of my age point as far as yeah, I was growing he up. He was and seeing, like, a that's where it came out. He, he was a video store superstar for me once I found Rebel in the Bronx, and they started carrying like so much more Jackie Chan stuff. And you could go to like, at, like a drugstore or something, and there'd be like some cheap Jackie Chan movie there because he his name started building, and you could just, I mean, it'd be like some taped over, taped over, taped over company that had like flimsy rights, but here you go. And it, and it helped. It helped that Jackie Chan was more family friendly. Like that's not to say all his movies are not, you know, PG thirty. Like you know, like Super Cop is R. Like some of his movies it, are R. But like, but the, the, the tumbling image... and acrobatic aspect yeah. to it that was different. Yeah, there's there's a, not that these aren't fun, but there's like a there's a funness to the way Jackie Chan approaches his fights. Where like look at Bruce Lee's fights, they're versus battles. They are battles yeah. that he gets into because he's trying to prove something or he's defending his honor or what have you. Jackie Chan's fights are all based in the defensive. There was never he's more a fight. Chaplin than he is Bruce Lee. Okay. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Lee's the Buster Keaton to Jackie Chan's Chaplin. Yeah. Um, so Jack, when Jackie Chan gets into action, it's because there's no other choice for him. He has to defend himself or what have you. And there's and and he incorporates you know the likability with the different kinds of stunts. And he'd be, I mean, you mentioned Jim Bruce Lee being a possibly a silent film star. Jackie Chan could easily be a vaudeville star. Like <laughs> no question. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Uh, well, and then is Jet Li the same era as Jackie Chan? Jet Li, I mean, they're about the same yeah. age. But yeah. Jet Li, was, he was very much a Hong Kong action star who, you know, it took a while for him to break in. And he's, you know, he's like the... He's similarly... He, he's similar. He's more similar to Lee as far as... And even then, Lee, like... That's not to say Jet, Jet Li isn't charismatic. I'm saying Lee and Lee. That's not to say... <laughs> that's not to say Jet Li isn't charismatic, but there's... I do think there's a more, like... Obviously, there's comedic bent to Jackie Chan stuff, and there's just something like, I don't know, inherently heroic about watching Bruce Lee on screen, where Jet Li, like, he's a hero, he's an action star, but it, it doesn't like, it doesn't catch me as much. I don't think, I don't think it caught audiences as much as far as him being like anything beyond an action star. Like, he, he Jet, Jet Li never had a rush hour. That was the thing. Yeah, like, he was always reliant on his like own. That was that was 
that was part of it. Like he never. Or Jason Statham apparently, because they did like six right. movies together. <laughs> right. There's the like, one right. war, three Expendable movies. Like they were in a lot of movies together for some reason. <laughs> I would say like um, like he's Don, Chow Yun Don... Fat didn't bust out here either in, in any way because Chow Yun Fat was a big superstar too, yeah. and they he yeah, came both, over like replacement killers. Both had and... like 1998 movies. They had Lethal Weapon Four and Replacement Killers. That was like let's yep. do this. Let's let we Jackie Chan been working. Actually, '98's Rush Hour also, but Jack Chan was yeah. already popular at that point. But uh, it's like, yeah, we can we can make this work. Let's get these other guys in here too. And yeah, Chai Young Fat. I mean, he, he's ha- I think he's had more American success than than Jet Li's had just because of yeah, the, yeah. kind of the pers- the filmmakers he was working with, right? Where he, he gets like Anna and the King. He get, he, get, he gets things made beyond martial arts movies. He gets some more right, like, dramatic stuff. Right. Even though I love Crouching Tiger is. Is is one of my favorite uh, Ang Lee films. It's a perfect Actually, movie, as we've established on this commentary yeah. track. <laughs> um, but yep. but I don't know if I would. But I don't know if I would think of Chow Yun Fat as a big martial arts star. Yeah. No. Like, no. He's. I mean, he's, he's, he's he came gun, from the, the he, gun fu stuff. Like, yeah. He came from John Woo world. Yes. Yeah. John Woo. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Hard boiled and yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, his, your, his his expertise isn't in like fisticuffs. Like he's he's a guy that uses you know give give a guy a gun he's superman give a guy two guns he's god like that's his methodology he's, he's like the quiet hitman with all the moves type guy like that i would i would say um especially even though i don't love the movie especially in uh uh rogue one i think donnie yen has a a warmth and humor about yes, him he does very much then so. like i'm yeah. like oh kind of see and i mean i've seen that's why like the Two Ip Man movies. The Ip Man movies are solid. That is a solid. Yeah, they're series. solid. Like I, I, although I never saw the third one. Is he, is he not the, in the third one? He's in all of them, and it's the same director of all of them. That's why it's a good series because it, it, oh, okay. it, it maintains what it's trying to do, which is mix awesome martial arts with heavy melodrama. That's that's what those movies are. And the the third one's with Mike Tyson. He's like one of the guys. He's not in it that much, but he, that's like the big selling point of that movie. The oh. the fourth one is strangely relevant to now because there's a lot of it's a lot about Ip Man in San Francisco um, during the late six in the sixties and facing racism um, and so it's hmm. like oh, there's a there's a lot of relevant topics going on in this Ip Man movie which is currently available on Netflix. But yeah, but I do think Donnie Yen I could see a Bruce Lee thing there. But whereas you're right, I don't think of Jet Li that way. Like yeah, um, and again and again I've seen I feel like I've seen a few of the Hong Kong. Jet Li films in the, from the nineties, and I think they're they're great. But it's just well, yeah, was, different uh, charisma. Uh, Black Mask was the one right. of the big Jet Li ones. There was um in the oh middle oh there was Tony Jaa, but that uh-huh. he just that was really short lived. Well, he's kind of come back now because he got yeah. he became friends with Vin Diesel. <laughs> like that was the key. Right. Like he, yeah, he had Onbok Onbok to well he had Onbok the then he made the Protector. Oh, which, is he where in he had Furious to, Seven? Yeah, he's yeah, in yeah, Fury yeah, 7, yeah, and, he, yeah, and he's right. in Triple X uh, 3, oh, okay. the Return of Xander Cage. He's in Triple X 3. Um, so he's like he's got the Vin Diesel money. Like, that's, like that's on, on Bach, <laughs> when I saw On Bach, I was like, holy crap, what is um, this yeah. stuff? This, um, like, And then the Protector's got that scene where he goes the one, up the floor. The one-take shot, yeah. yeah. It's that Muay, it's Muay Thai, right? Yeah, Muay Thai, it's, yeah, it's elbows yeah, and knees. Yeah, yeah, and it looks brutal. Like, it doesn't look easy to do. Right. And, the, and On Bach was like a big calling card movie because it did that thing where it has scenes where – you show the stunt, then you show the stunt again like three different times. Which oh yeah, I, yeah. instant I, replays, yeah. Yeah, which I always find charming in action movies. It's like, look how we did. Like that's what it feels like. It looks like they're showing up. Like, look, look, look at this thing we did. We had three cameras like, to show it. And Tony Jaa's movies had like the stupidest plots, but the best action or fight scenes action, you were gonna yeah. find. Like, yeah. 
It's like, oh, he took our elephant. Yeah. Oh, so, no. but, but yeah, so that's so Ongbok two and three he made back to back, and they're not good, and they're not very good, and and he had a mental breakdown, which is why he went away for a while. Like he literally, mm-hmm. like he had a he had a big breakdown making those movies. But then he, I've he, only seen the first one. I've seen. First, I mean, you're, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You don't need to visit yeah. more of Ongbok. <laughs> but the protector. It's like rocks. Battle Royale. Like, there was no sequel. <laughs> There's a sequel to Battle Royale? No, there's not. There's, there's... Nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. There's no sequel to Battle Royale. It ends. <laughs> I will say, like, um, only because I'm I'm looking right now at, at uh, you know, what we're seeing with the film. I, I really do. You you mentioned this earlier. I, I like how uh, colorful, like, the movie is with the costumes and everything. Yeah, this has that big Hollywood budgety thing. Go- I mean, it's yeah, not a huge yeah. budget, but I mean, it's certainly bigger budget than some of the films they were working on. Is this horror. guy still around? Is he still making movies? I mean, like, how old is Bolo? Like, uh... That's my cousin. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, he's got those those eyes when he kills you. It's just like, oh. Yeah, he's got intense eyes. We talked he, over some he's of in Bruce's, a... uh, spice, oh, incognito yeah. spice stuff while we were... Yeah. I did like that, yeah. That was... he's, in, he's in Bloodsport also, this guy. Yeah, right. He's like, he's the big guy that Van Damme's fighting. Um, I mean, he's a, he's around, but yeah, he's not like a, you know, a major star outside of doing probably this thing. You know, it's funny. I noticed when I was going back through these, um, for this criterion set, Bruce Lee's got a lot of his, uh, his moves. He's got the, and all that stuff that people, you know, uh-huh. mimic all that's not in the, the Mandarin tracks. It's only in the, the, uh, u.s language uh mm-hmm. for at least for the first two i can remember films i can remember but he wasn't doing all that and then i flipped it over in a couple fight scenes just curious and it was only there in the english dub mm-hmm. huh interesting which he did so, do though he did record these he, sounds he, he did he did record them and it's present in this and uh, i was like wow that was something for the the english but a lot is of these it, films were filmed without sound yeah so i was gonna say yeah it's just like the italian horror films and stuff that like if you want to watch it in English, you're not being like, it's not like the not the true way. Like it's it's just as valid. You're not missing the native language. Yeah, there's no so authenticity you're taking out of it by watching right. a different language track on these movies because yes, they're right. Filmed yeah, with the no mix sound. Is, the mix isn't off or anything yeah. like that. Yeah, it's and there are these movies that are operating on a certain budget level, so it's not like we're you know matching lips intensely to make it sound as authentic as possible. So if your eyes are sore and you're tired, just watch it with English. You're fine. You're not spending your time. This is like one of my favorite moments. This is, I remember in high school, he's super fast here when he hits him in the face, right? Yeah. I mean, I always fast all the time. But in this particular one. He's pretty fast. (laughs) Right. It's crazy. It's just like, whoa. Wait, so what's this guy's name? Bob Bob, Bob Hall. Bob Hall. Yeah, he's an actual fire champion and tough dude he had a little bit of a movie career but he, he didn't get big or anything he said he didn't he's glad he didn't in the end of things and he didn't want to do he wasn't willing to do stuff asked of him to become a big star he and um steven seagal do not like each other no. <laughs> although that don't like i was gonna say i although a lot of people i'm sure probably do not like steven seagal to begin with, so. yeah 
I like how this guy, how, how Bob, Wall, how he brought his own piece of wood just to like show like, uh, by the yeah. way, this is the <laughs> yeah. fight we're about to have. See, look at the wood that I showed you. Yeah, these are fight. These are fast hits that he's putting on this guy. It's insane. It's so fast. I'm just like, whoa. Uh, is this the one that ends? Is this the yeah, knees? Does. Oh, yeah. This. Oh, I love yeah. this strange because this is like up to this point, this, you know, confident Hollywood action kung fu film and then it has the weirdness to it with that slow motion yeah and the music the and music wow. yeah, yeah like... you reopen there's another thing i've noticed in bruce lee films he's not afraid to get dirty in some of these fights like he's oh he's, no he's hitting groins fights <laughs> to win. i mean it's important to win than to you know have your moves and it's interesting because he his martial arts was different than what was being taught in the general practice like he had a that street jit kundo kundo yeah Yeah. which he was taught by it man by the way that was that was the thing but it man is Uh, a true character a true person in reality (laughs) and he he taught bruce lee and bruce lee does cameo in the different it man They, the, an actor playing Bruce Lee cameos in different movies. Look at those two bottles that are just waiting to be used. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the standard match bottles that sit around just in case. I'm just going to set my water down here. Oh, no. <laughs> this is the slow-mo, right? Yeah. Yep, it's, it's right so awesome. Ooh. Yeah, because now we get the face, which is yeah. amazing. It's <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> it's that Wait, like that he, extra shake he... after he closes his mouth, and then he opens it a little bit again. <laughs> like, do you so think good. that face, because he looks kind of sad, did he, did he kill him? Yeah. I... I don't think it's, I mean, I think it's just because it's slow motion. There's just a lot to register in one scene <laughs> Oh no no that's but I mean meaning I think we are we are thinking like I mean that's the guy that killed his sister so it is the one who killed his sister yeah I mean it's a sad oh yeah he looks pretty dead yeah there's a satisfaction there (laughs) but as I recall doesn't Han say like oh he has brought shame like he's not happy about what happened yeah he's disgraced us disgraced us right and he's off and he's off. <laughs> Good tournament today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches, leave. <laughs> what distinguishes the yellow costumes? Am I did I miss something on that? Uh, I like, don't know. Like just visiting or American or what? Well, <laughs> they're they're interns i um <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I i do dig I, that this movie you know saxon is a, a fighter and stuff but he's not as good as jim kelly and bruce lee like yeah. they they make it a point to show that he gets pointers from them and doesn't have the easiest time in his fights yeah he's the johnny cage of the trio which considering <laughs> when they made well i mean considering when they made this and how like the you, you, 
it's surprising they don't just have the white guy being, oh, I'm kick-ass, you know, but he's the well, because, one. Yeah, that... because, I mean, Bruce Lee's controlling most of this movie, yeah. right? And then John Saxon, like, he knows his place here. Like, he, he may Despite have been hired. what the studio's telling him. Yeah, he might have been hired by... <laughs> He might have been hired by Warner Brothers, but he's not sitting there thinking, well, I guess I'm the big man on set. It's like, this guy's choreographing the action. Yes, I think he yeah. knows a thing or two about this. <laughs> Which just makes you like John Saxon all the more. Yeah. I'd follow him in a battle beyond the stars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, he's everywhere. Like, yeah. you know, like he works with everything, everybody. That's a, that's a solid Seven Samurai uh, remake. So you were saying before about no one likes Seagal, like, because I remember... I remember Seagal coming, or at least I was aware of Seagal after Van Damme. And I think I did appreciate some of his movies, but I do know there's a point where it just feels like the last 20 something years, he's, he's not only a joke, but he seems like kind of a jerk is a personality. Well, I mean, he was a jerk I, then, man. He's always been a jerk, <laughs> well, that's but true. I mean, yeah, right, but that, um, yeah. he was the, I think he was the first to go to the direct video stuff before Van Damme did. I think his, his they were, they were, they were, he had exit wounds and that brought him back. That's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. He had, he had a, he had a minor resurgence. You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, but he was on his way. The, the whole thing about him being a jerk was coming out, uh, about mid nineties. It was just a matter of, uh, when's this next film going to tank. But then, you know, exit wounds was pretty big for him. Uh, it was a comeback allowed. If, if you paired that, that DMX a, money, a, you paired a, um, popular rapper with steven seagal you had a hit movie for a bit yeah um what, there's a ja rule one or something ja rule yeah that, that bringing out the dead or no is um i don't know he wore a do-rag and it was like oh my gosh never not never back down um uh i can see the poster <laughs> yeah yeah it's not a good poster um but then he then he went and did that cop thing um where he became a police officer secretly yeah and at a reality <laughs> show and ate a lot of food but now he is a direct dvd machine but also you gotta remember um even the big guy like stallone was in direct it was half direct past DVD, dead half past dead there you go stallone went direct to dvd too for a bit until yeah. rocky balboa i mean he had driven and after driven he started going like i see you and uh yep shade yeah uh who else was there i mean van damme yeah he goes direct to video after the you know after the nice because once willis comes in and then keanu it's like oh well you can be kind of regular size and do this schwarzenegger fades out quicker than people realize yeah well because he's the guy he is governor the governor thing but even then it's like end of days is 99 that's like the last like in the days Terminator Three, um, he had. The I mean, yeah, like Terminator Three. Terminator Three was like the real end of it, but yeah, I mean, as yeah. far as, I mean, as far as like his major action career goes, like well, Collateral tr- Damage tr- was supposed to be his was, big comeback, and then nine uh, eleven happened, and that movie yeah. just kind of. But like before Collateral Damage, it was you know it was pretty middling. I mean, it was it was there was True Lies, which was huge, mm-hmm. but but then it was like not a lot. You had because you had, no, like, he, he was he was stuff. doing he was doing the family he did like Jingle All the Way. He did Batman and Robin, and then he had a big like heart thing going on, so he had to wait for a while, and then he did End of Days and Six Day and whatnot. But I mean, none of those were huge hits. Like the last huge hit that he had was like maybe what Eraser. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We still haven't done a well, commentary I guess, for Eraser. I guess That's we one would of say our... though that 
Yeah. I mean, I guess he stayed in the he stayed in the public conscious because, because he's Arnold Schwarzenegger. He I mean, had yeah, the luck yeah. of taking a break for governor. If he hadn't done that, he'd probably be somewhere where Stallone was, maybe a little higher. But yeah, um, but that's he's, also, say, he's all he's also pivoted as far as the kinds of movies he's making. Mm-hmm. I mean, so this movie is seventy three. Mm-hmm. You know, Stallone, Rocky is seventy six, right? Three years yeah. later. Yeah. And then, but even uh, he doesn't turn into he doesn't turn into an action guy until until like Rocky sequels or like Rocky three and Rambo two and sorry <laughs> Rambo First Blood, First Blood Part Two. Blood, Rambo, I don't want right, right, to. Right, right. Well, even right. First Blood's not like First Blood's more of a drama. We've talked about that on the commentary. I mean, it's an action movie by default, but I wouldn't say that's when Stallone became an action guy. It's it's, it's more no, of like no, it's more of when the, the it's more of the action guy sequ- was his fallback. I mean, yeah, it, that's. It's the sequels to Rocky to to Rocky to, with Rocky three and in First Blood Part two. That's when he becomes like action star. Yeah. Well, would we say then that like for Arnold, we would not count Conan the Barbarian. We would say Terminator is really well, Con- when he becomes Conan, a star. Conan's a Conan's a calling card. I mean, he's already he's already come out with like other things, but Conan's like a yeah, put Schwarzenegger's name on the poster. Terminator's mm-hmm. like Schwarzenegger is this. And it's like yeah. that 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 puts him out, and it's like this low budget thing that Cameron put together. I mean, so it like really goes goes right. wild, and then and then he becomes like yeah, he, you know, Commando, Predator, Red Red Heat, Running Man. Yeah. Like he becomes right. a stereo, stereotypical action guy. Right now with Bruce Lee and after Bruce Lee, your action guy, you have like your action man's like Clint Eastwood, yeah, uh, Eastwood, Charles Bronson, uh, Norris McQueen. will jump off after this, Sonny Chiba. Um, you have Fred Williamson. A lot of the black exploitation actors are your action stars at this yeah. time. I can't think of any a lot of, aside from James Bond, like Roger Moore, white guys. Yeah, outside outside of Bond, thing. there's not like action movies. There's there are there right. are detective thrillers and yeah, Burt Reynolds doing, but Burt Reynolds stuff is like like Hooper and Smoking the Bandit. It's not it, he yeah, doesn't it's, get it's, action. It's cool guy gets into a vehicle and talks to people or something. Yeah, his action stuff hits in the, is more in the eighties with with Burt Reynolds. Um, yeah, it's a B genre. Like it's not a you yeah. know it's it's not a thing that's getting you know that right, kind of right, attention. We, you're right because we do have we have Dirty Harry and Death Wish. So we have those two. Which are Death, the, like, I mean, Death Wish is way De- Death Wish is Charles Bronson. I mean. That's and you're a lower, transitioning that's, that's a lower guy. tier. Yeah, you're, you're transitioning Western guy into. How how do we take the cowboy and put him modern? Um, you also have like Lee Marvin. Yeah. Um, and, and even then, they're like neo noir guys. Yeah. Like they're they're neo noir. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They 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 have a pistol, <laughs> and and that's a small gun. Um, they're wits. They're just kind of a brash person. Um, and that's what you get. Um, but like yeah, that's that's how they are. I. And then you get muscle guy. And then yeah, the '80s becomes Muscle Guy. Muscle Guy, and then you know Muscle Guy plus Willis, and then Keanu. Keanu silently coming in there because he's doing. He had Point Break before Speed. Yeah, Point Break. Uh, Speed. Point Break. Ninety. Huh? Point Break's ninety-one. Yeah. And 91. Once, okay. once Keanu re- works, they're like, hey, let's see if we can do this with Christian Slater. Um, but. Well, it, I mean, he's already gleaming that cube. Yeah. Right. Um, well, that, well, Nicholas Cage becomes an action well, because, star. Well, well the, the the thing with the '90s is it's uh, you know veteran or guy that can handle himself in a fight matched with nerd. So you get Stargate, right. you get Independence Day, you get yeah. Jurassic Park to an extent. 
you you, well, you like you match you match Jeff Goldblum up with somebody that can handle the right. or James Spader, nowadays it's or, like what's what superhero do we make him? Um, then mm. back then it was like, can we give this guy a Die Hard? Like that was kind of where Wait, it was. So is is it well? Then I guess yeah. So Sigourney Weaver is she the only female? Well, I mean, B movie wise, you got Cynthia Rothrock, who's Cynthia like Cynthia Rothrock just, is the yeah dominating but she's never you know i mean sigourney weaver gets an oscar nomination sigourney weaver gets an oscar nomination for her efforts like cynthia rothrock isn't doing that yeah you got linda hamilton but oh she's i mean she's doing terminator and that linda hamilton doesn't get enough chances to do t2 like that should (laughs) have that should have pushed her into hamilton yeah linda hamilton's great like i forgot but but she doesn't get to do it at all after that like that should like you know dark fate is the second time she gets to be that amazing as like an action star (laughs) right wait so wait linda hamilton never did any action movies besides name them peter can you you think of any yeah (laughs) no but well i might have just forgotten i'm like am i just i know like dante's peak she's not doing anything she's not she's not punching the volcano right you get i mean um gina davis has a one-two punch with cutthroat island and uh long Long kiss Kiss tonight yeah her her husband at the time um but it's, yeah. Um, you take a bit now. Jim Kelly's pad dead, and it's sad because yeah, it's, it's especially uh, sad he because he's finished him in the um, Mortal Kombat two level with the acid water. Exactly finished. <laughs> it's especially uncomfortable because you know it's Jim Kelly. It's the he's one black one of the man in the bodies in the background. That's it's okay. the one. It's the one black man in the movie, and he looks like he's been lynched. So it's like this is yeah, really yeah. It's true. Like, the movie is surprisingly not too involved in that area as far as what it wants to comment on. Um, There's some reads of it, but... Well, yeah, there's a few lines where he's like, doesn't he say ghettos are the same everywhere? And like, yeah, I mean, well, Jim Kelly few, brings that because the police, he's Jim. The police, because, the police give him a hard yeah, time. Yeah, because he's Jim yeah. Kelly, so he can deal with that kind of thing. Right. But, I mean, the, move, the movie itself doesn't have, like, an underpinning of, you know, what's, you know, good and bad here. And originally it was supposed to be John Saxon that died. Hmm. Uh, he was supposed to be the one that was killed in this manner, and they switched. He's like, this Jim Kelly's stealing my thunder. I need to get him out. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to finish the thought on this action thing, I mean, yeah, the, the 90s, we have that transition where they're still the big stars, but you're starting to match things like, yeah, quirkier choices like Nicolas Cage. Uh, but then you get to the 2000s where, uh, and friend of the show, Scott Mendelson's written about this a bunch, where you basically replace the action star with a good character, a good actor who can just do the thing. So you get Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. You, you get you get you know other people that aren't traditionally seen as action stars becoming stars of action movies well, isn't that Harrison Ford Harrison or, Ford's doing but I mean yeah he's, I mean he's, but he's been around since the 80s and he's been doing that thing he's just not a he's not a muscly guy sure he's Indiana Jones though he's an action star anyway like it but I'm, yeah, I'm saying the, the, I'm saying in the 2000s that the 2000s that takes over entirely. There aren't be, beyond The Rock who takes a while before he becomes an action star, and Jason Statham who's in that yeah. B B movie level. Vin Diesel. Like, Vin Diesel never takes off either. I mean, Fast yeah. and Furious is a hit, well, and he's like, I'm going away from that to do something else. That yeah. doesn't work. He does other things that don't really work, and then he comes back to Fast and Furious. Well, it's funny. It felt like right then in that moment you had this uh, parent of uh, sorry, Diesel. Real, 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 real quick. Real quick, yeah, the snake bit Bruce Lee like a, I think a few times. It was yeah, the, that, the, yeah. the the venom gland was removed, so he wasn't poisoned by it. But the cobra bit Bruce Lee a couple times. Here. Um, Jackie Chan's in this scene somewhere too. Eventually, when he fights somebody. Anyway, where are you saying, Brandon? Oh, no, I was just saying that it felt like with The Rock, Vin Diesel, and Jason Statham. I'm like, oh, we have the second coming of Stallone, Schwarzenegger, and 
uh, Willis with these three, and then Statham only Statham's the only one who stayed the course. But the other two are like, we're getting out of this right away, and then they end up coming back to it. It feels like yeah, they wait, they, wait, they, they pivot. Who were the three? The wait, the Rock, the Rock, Statham, and Vin Diesel. The Rock was your Schwarzenegger. Oh, Vin Diesel, Diesel right. Vin Diesel was Stallone, and then Statham was Bruce Willis. Like it felt right there, but it didn't happen. And they both start out strong with action stuff. Like, The Rock has The Rundown, which is still one of his best Rundown's movies. Rundown's good, yeah. And, and Vin Diesel has Fast and Furious and Pitch Black. Like, he yeah. has the, he has he establishes two different characters that are in their own franchises, but they don't really go anywhere for him for a while. Was The Rock's comeback one? Was that faster? That was I, first... I mean, it's not a comeback. I mean, well, it, I mean, it was first, a... like, I'm going back to a pure action thing. That yes, for a while because he did like you know he had the game plan, Tooth Fairy, right. he raced to Witch Mountain, like he did a lot and Get Smart, where yeah. he's incredibly thin and it's weird to look at him in. What was the uh, Get Shorty sequel that he did? Be Cool, which Be he's cool. excellent yeah. in. Like that yeah. movie's not good and he's the best part of it though. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it takes a, it. It's like 2010 is when they all kind of start kicking again because you get like you know, the Expendables comes out and Fast Five comes out. Fast Five is 2011. But like that's where they start becoming like action guys that are in huge movies. Yeah. Not wait. Just... So actually, even though, wait. So even though I know Aaron, Aaron is not a fan of the Angelina Jolie. Well, actually, no, you're not a fan of any of the Tomb Raider movies with uh um. So the. I, uh-huh. Well, wait. So in the in 2001 we get. If you want to talk about female action stars, you got Mila Jovovich and the Resident Evils and what Kate Beckinsale and the Underworld movies. Well, that's well, yeah, that that's no, you're right. Those are pretty successful because I was gonna say, I mean, in early 2000, you get Tomb Raider and Charlie's Angels are both pretty big hits. Yeah. Of whatever, whatever, regardless of the quality, those are both pretty big. Um, but you're right, Resident Evil and Underworld, those are like pretty successful for over 10 years, like series and everything. I mean, yeah, they're they're bigger budget B movies, like they because they're because they have a fantastical element to them, so they require that. But even then, they're not, you know. You know, when we say that, I always wonder how expensive are. What do you think the Resident Evil? Were they forty million or something like that? Ish. Yeah. Yeah. And and they all are are overseas reliant movies too. They're they're much bigger over. They become that especially. Yeah. yeah, Oh, you mean meaning it doesn't have to be huge here? Yeah, they don't have to be like the last Resident Evil was like Matt. Like, yeah, it pretty was, much bombed here. And it did, it no, it completely bombed huge, here. <laughs> and then huge it, overseas. Like, it didn't matter. It was, it was huge overseas. Jackie Chan's somewhere in this scene. Oh, you're really sure. Just beginning, because you just brought up Chan. Do you guys like the Rush Hour movies? The first Rush Hour is a good movie. It does first, its job. It's funny. Right. It's very entertaining. The second one has moments. <laughs> I like the second one a lot back when it came out and saw it in yeah. the theater and then it's just okay now for me it do, yeah it, it doesn't age really well <laughs> yeah. the third one exists first one's one of the best lethal weapon knockoffs you could ask for oh yeah because that chemistry is great like i mean say what yeah. you will about the other two jackie chan and chris Harker together are funny like they do their job like that chemistry is there is brent and, ratner the director of both all throw all three oh, of them yep oh my god i forgot there's a third one because <laughs> well, it doesn't exist peter that's the problem <laughs> Like it, it may have made four hundred million dollars, but it does not exist. You keep talking these sequels that don't exist, Peter. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I, I love that Rush Hour shares what you know. Not everybody was on to Jackie Chan when the 
Rumble in the Bronx, Super Cop, you know, first strike That's stuff right. was going on. But uh, they were when Rush Hour came on. It was kind of cool to share be like, oh, yeah, because they it was right in the wheelhouse. Oddly, while it was this big Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan film, it felt like a next Jackie Chan film because they had the credits where they're screwing up and showing all the things I'm like, wow, this is just like his other films because mm-hmm. they're showing the outtakes. But it Speaking introduced of. everyone. Speaking of, the, yeah. the Shanghai Nights movies are also. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those are really fun. Yeah. Uh, the second one apparently is the number two movie of all time. According to Scott Mendelson, yeah. Yep. Wait, what? What do you mean? It's one of his favorite movies of all time, Shanghai Nights. Really? Number two. Yes, number two. Number two. The Deuce. It's good. It has Donnie Yen. <laughs> and and uh, what's his name? Carcetti. A- A- Aiden Gilden. Glittlefinger. He's the, he's the main villain yep. in the movie. This is another sequence that I... A thing that, again, I am sure a bunch of movies maybe did this before. And maybe maybe uh, Fist of Fury and um, Way of Dragon, because I haven't seen him. But I like the Bruce Lee getting different weapons. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, in yeah. a hand. Using now environment. it's a and... and then it's... Now it's that. <laughs> so, like... Pretty cool. Like, Here's, great idea. He really a... had this goal of showing a variety of techniques, styles, weapons. Like, he, in his mind, like, every movie was wildly different because of what he was trying to showcase within the martial arts of the movie. And it's really apparent with what he was trying to do with Game of Death when you read about it, see, listen to people talk about it, and see it. Like, he was really into the craft of it, and it's fantastic. What is what is your favorite martial arts movie or like kung fu movie? Oh, let's stick to let's like before like the nineties. Like what? what oh, what before is it? the nineties? Yeah, make it a little simpler. Oh, when we're not gonna count Police Story. Why would I mean, count Police Story? That, that's more action movie to me than it is. I suppose. I mean, I, I would call that a martial arts be... movie. It would be Police Story, hands down. Um, I do like uh, Street Fighter with Sonya Shiba quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, this answer is very easy for me, by the way. Uh, Sorry, I'm watching the nunchuck action because it's amazing. This, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. I'll go with this, this is. I keep wondering if this is where George Lucas got the uh, the the Phantom Menace Liam Neeson moment. No. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's I just he yeah. must sit and wait. You know, uh, like I wouldn't uh, be surprised. I mean, that seems like a, that seems like a Lucas <laughs> thing. I, I could see him yeah. with that. Yeah. Peter, um, did you have a favorite one? No, I I don't. I, I'm pretty terrible. I I most of my, I think I'm more. I grew up more with like, I guess what is the bullet food like the John Woo stuff. Okay. That's not really martial art movies. So I do love Enter the Dragon. Um, but before '90s, I honestly don't know. What other ones I could think of right now? So yeah, Aaron, what's yours? Mine is um and the the thirty six chamber of Shaolin with Gordon Liu. I, I think oh okay okay is, yeah, that, yeah that movie I think is a masterpiece of kung fu cinema, and it, it it does my favorite kind of thing where this man is basically like he's defeated he has to go to another school to learn everything and then comes back and wins the day and because that movie's almost two hours and you see so much training of him learning how to do the things he needs to do it's so compelling to watch him finally like earn his way to the top 
where it's like, yeah, because of all that fucking training he did, he's finally here. He's doing his thing. Wait, it's is so, this what the so Wu Tang Clan? Is it the Wu Tang Clan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what they yep, base their their I mean, mantra. Base, what I mean is right. They base yeah, their their, their yeah. mantra of their group is based off of the Thirty Six Chamber of Shell. <laughs> Well, their first you know, album's called Enter the 36 Chamber. This <laughs> isn't a favorite, but you know a fun one is, is the uh, Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires, where yes. Hammer, Hammer uh-huh. and uh, Ron Ron Shaw came together and they made a Dracula kung fu movie. Uh-huh. It has no business being that good, but it is, it is a delicious movie. It's got Peter Cushing as Van Helsing in it. It's, of course. It's, Chris, it's the actual, it is the actual end to the Christopher Lee uh dracula canon but he's not it's the one he's not in it as dracula he ducked out the one before but if that that is the actual end to that canon um and it's a one-off story but it it's pretty fun yeah i can understand hammer fans being like shut up brandon but i think better than some of the other like really crappy ones of those but We didn't talk about Wesley Snipes at all, by the way. Wesley Snipes. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Not a, true. I think Master he's a very... 57 is one of my favorites. He's a very capable action star. Um, and dramatic obviously. actor, too. Like, and a good, and a, it, he's a great dramatic it's actor. It's crazy yeah. where he comes from. Yeah, he, he you could almost argue he comes from that, hey, he's a good actor, let's let's just put him in an action movie, because before that, he's doing, like, Spike Lee stuff. He's doing Spike Lee movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like, so... And he's hilarious. Like, he's a really funny... He can be very yeah, yeah. funny. Like, to White Man Can't Fu, Jump like, is really can, funny. Yeah. To Wong Fu was very funny. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he he knows how to... He... I I, I find it so unfortunate that, like, he got <laughs> caught up in random stuff and, like, he became direct-to-video guy also because I well, feel like he's such a great Well, and his shittiness on the Blade sets, like, that's... Even... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a mix of ego and I think... Wait, what happened on the Blade sets? Well, on Blade Trinity, it became... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he just, he seems like a guy who likes to be method, like he likes to be in it as much as possible, because I know right. on, on, even on Blade 2, he was wanting, he liked people addressing him as Blade. Like, yeah. that's, he likes being in that zone. In Blade uh, 3, Blade, he kind of saw the writing on the wall with what they were trying to expand with yeah. it, and he didn't want to be a part of that. Yeah, so. he did, he did, it would be, he had, it's like, it's called Blade 3, not Ryan Reynolds, like that was like part yeah, of his but, thing on that one. And there's a lot. You can listen to Patton Oswalt talk all about oh, it, it, what Blade happened to Blade Trinity. Alone. <laughs> like, like Patton Oswalt said, they all kind of saw it, like he was being a crab. They all decided kind of collectively, let's try to make the worst movie we can with that one. So, but outside of this, because that was like his last. Besides, like what Expendables three? <laughs> like that was that was yeah. That was his I comeback. Did. Was suspendable. Well, oh, and was... uh, and what we do in the shadows. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but me, but besides that, I mean, Blade Trinity, I think, is like the last big thing that Wesley Snipes is involved in, as far as big movies go. Yeah. I thought his big thing was more of a tax evasion thing. I thought it was that. No, it was... it's it's a mix of the it's a mix of yes, he had legal troubles yeah. which stopped him from things because he went to jail because um, he has the worst accountant because it's not like it's not like he was like I don't have to pay taxes. It's my accountant does all the things and he did me wrong. Um, He's it's not a mix good of, at hiring. That's... Yeah, it's a mix of that and the fact that, yes, I mean, the Blade stuff just blew up big time as far as that movie went. And, and we got already... sticky, sticky Fingers as Blade. Yeah, he's uh, he's already not, you know, riding, riding the train as far as big movies outside of the Blade franchise at that point. Wait, is Del Toro the second one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. That's, yeah, as That's I recall, crazy. I like Blade too. That's considered, like, the best one. What, Blood Hunt? Is that what it was later? Some That's like of... the... I think Colin it's like the Blood. foreign title or something like that. Yeah. yeah. 
This is great. The, the random cutaway to uh, the, you know, the the army or whatever's coming. Like, you know, it's funny. It, I, I well, after when I watched this one, I'm like, no wonder he's got that yellow jumpsuit in Game of Death, because like this movie's got yellow all over the, the flags, yeah, he, that he the helicopter. Yellow. It's it's true. Yeah. It's striking. It's a striking color in, in right. a kung fu movie like this. Also, we we forgot to mention this just as a really cool. Again, it's so it's so simple. But it's an effective plot device. Is as I recall in that opening, the James Bond thing we were talking about. Don't yeah. they say something like, "Oh, Han does not allow any guns on the premises." Yes, it, they, yeah. they, right. they make it so it's it has to be fighting. Right, so it has to be fighting. <laughs> and then they're like, "But if you find out there's illegal activity, let me know, and then we can bring the guns." So that's why yeah. we. It's like, oh, okay, now everything's coming. He just yeah. has to survive. Like, and you right. don't have that yeah. scene where it's like. Let us lay down our, our guns and fight this out like men. Like, oh, shut right. up. <laughs> yeah, like, like, no. Honor. Ooh. I guess this is why this is like the the big you know the big finale like you were saying Brandon as far as Bruce Lee's escalation in films because it has like this giant battle royale uh-huh. sequence going on here, which yeah, looks pretty good. I'm trying to watch. Jim Kelly I'm... doesn't get to be a part of. Like, I know it sucks. What does it take it take from us? But you know. Watching this, though, like, I'm trying to watch the extras. Like, everyone's doing their job. It's not like they're phoning mm-hmm. it in on making this not look authentic. <laughs> like, people are all fighting. So, like, yeah, on a scale level, like, yeah, this movie does the trick as far as being the big yeah. thing. Or we've talked around it a bit, but yes, I mean, Bruce Lee made this movie after kind of leaving Game of Death for a while with the intention of going back, but... And he didn't even a... live to see this movie premiere. Yeah, yeah, he died like what, like a few weeks. Yeah, like he did not see his success. And uh, what it, is it? Because he's allergic. He was allergic to. It was like an aspirin, and he was. Like, he had some yeah. sort of like head trauma. And just we would have lived today, but it's very sad. Like I just I like watching all this, watching all these movies, and watching the behind the scenes stuff for like you know a few weeks in a row. It's just so like disheartening that like the ending is so. <laughs> insignificant yeah. as far as what took him down at a right. very at a very young age no i mean it's oh just, yeah like it's, as oh, he was launching he? 32 32 and you know there's conspiracy theory and i'm like you know the truth is is the truth is is as boring as it is like it no i don't think there's i don't think there's any foul play with this stuff it just a uh, fortunate incident yeah well, this, because this people, was a hit, though, right? This is a huge, Yo, huge. Hit. This, this was game a of huge death hit. Humongous. Yeah. Wait, Game of Death was a hit, even it's though he's a, barely because oh, yeah. it, it starred Bruce Lee. Technically, yeah. like that, it, that's it, how you make money out of it. They really had Bruce Lee. Here's the first new Bruce. We have new Bruce Lee, and it was, I think it's the second biggest grocers of of his movies, and it was one of Warner Brothers' biggest grocers too of all time. At, Wait, is, it came is Enter the Dragon one of those things where it's like? If you adjust for inflation, it's like three hundred million or something. Like it's, yes. it's it probably has a shitload of the tickets sold, man. I bet that I bet it's got a lot. Yeah, I think it. I think it would be close, like not quite a billion in today's, no, but it's, like, clo- it's close, close to a billion, if if close not a billion. billion. No, it, yeah. it's a it was a huge success for sure. And then so way, of the, dra- so way of the Dragon came out after this in America, and it was a it was a hit also. So he would have been a big star. Oh, oh, he would have sure. he would at least had ten years of whatever he wanted, and be, have big hit movies like. No, it's oh. a great what if as far as if mm-hmm. he got to continue. He would have never made one in Hong Kong again. I'll tell you that. He might have later, 
I mean, later on, but for the foreseeable future after this, he's doing studio movies. Game well, of yeah, Death again. Get, he's like, he people like him. Like he's a yeah. likable guy. Like even yeah. regardless of how much control he wants on the set of his movies, yeah. he's a proven talent, and yeah. he can be funny. And he, I mean, he's he's married at this point. Like he has everything right. going for him. Before, well, he's divorced when he. I mean, because <laughs> it was his the lady he left his wife for is who gave him the aspirin. Yeah. Um, but he like. He was already connected before he started. So he did when he's doing the Green Hornet and stuff. He's Steve McQueen. He's um, what's the weird guy we always say? Coburn. Coburn. Um, James Coburn. He's, yeah. he's their martial arts instructor, and he's on the Green Hornet. And that gets that was supposed to be his series, but they once again didn't think people would tune in for an Asian actor, so they made the character of the Green Hornet to go with Cato, and um, then that gets canned, and he's almost broke and he goes back to hong kong on a visit and they they know him from the green hornet because it re-airs there and it's huge because of him over there and they asked him to do some movies so he stays a while and becomes this major star over there which leads him back to hollywood so he was not doing well uh in 1968 69 when green hornet got canned and there was no nothing on the horizon but a random trip to see family I feel like he kicked a dummy there because that was yeah. way that was yeah. way too hard of a hit. <laughs> like that wasn't a person. <laughs> but yeah, like all his, I mean, he people were trying to make him a star before this, and it was on his own accord in his home country that it happened for him. It's these ends where I, like. <laughs> This is why I like Way of the Dragon more because like, it has a better ending. I think like I I love the oh, imagery well, like here. This, it's a straight it's appear. a straight fight. It's a straight one. fight, but it's like how am I supposed to buy that this guy with claw hand is somehow better than Bruce Lee? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's like how, the he's claw even, is so heavy and sharp. He, he's even he, like he's even proving a match to him. Like the the Chuck Norris, and I know that's not the entire ending. There's still more from that, which involves guns, which is another reason why it works because there's a reason why Bruce Lee can be challenged. But it's like this is so prolonged, and it's cool. Yeah, there's a whole mirror room. It's more cinematic. I mean, it's very cinematic. It's just like I'm supposed to buy that this old man with one arm is somehow (laughs) taking on Bruce Lee. I mean, we see this a lot in movies where the guy who shouldn't be. Oh yeah, I know. Like watching, 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 watching John Wick with 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 old man Ghost Protocol being his final villain. Yeah. Somehow John Wick (laughs) is like, oh, I can't fight this guy. He's really giving me my giving me my number here. Old man Ghost Protocol. (laughs) Ghost Protocol. He passed away too. Yeah, he Uh, passed away. The guy from the the original Dragon Dragon Tattoo. Tattoo. Yeah, Yeah. Dragon Tattoo. I liked him. Yeah. uh, I'm I'm blanking on his name. It's bugging me. Uh, it's uh, Mikhail. Um, he's got a really Nyquist. Nyqu- Nyquist. Michael Nyquist. Yes. Michael Nyquist. Michael Nyquist. Yeah. He's got a name similar to his character in Dragon yes. Tattoo. I remember. Although, that's why. That's why I used to bug me. I could like. I better think of both names at once. Although I would argue my favorite. Although to be fair, I only saw John Wick three once. But my favorite Wick movie is the second one. And the second one, it really is not a big. It's it's not. It's it's really more that. He okay, makes yeah. the decision to kill the guy on on the grounds of the uh, the continental. Yeah, no, no, John Wick Two has all of the henchmen that it has common. It has, right, right. It has Ruby Rose. Yeah. It has all of the other all of the assassins are going after it. Like there's so right. many other things. The the main guy's just a means to an end. He's just an asshole, and it's like yeah, I'll just shoot him in the face because fuck that yep. guy. Like that's the whole thing with John Wick. 
even even all the John Wicks. I mean, like the 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 main villain is not like the the guy that kills his dog in the first movie. He's not a threat. That what what's oh, the name? guy from, from, Game from, of Thrones? from Game of Thrones? Like that's <laughs> yeah, the Theon easiest Greyjoy. guy he kills. Greyjoy, yeah, Theon right. Greyjoy. Yeah, he's the Alfie Allen. He's the easiest guy he kills. He just walks up to him and shoots him in the face. Like that's yeah. it. Like there's no harm there. But yeah, you're not wrong. Like that's all of the villain. Like Alan Rickman's not gonna fight Bruce Willis. Uh, oh, James Con and Eraser. <laughs> like, I mean, there's not a lot of like challenges here. Joaquin de Almeida in uh, Fast Five. Brian Dennehy in First Blood. <laughs> Alan, or uh, was it? Is it Alan Napier. Alan Napier, yeah. In uh, First and- Blood Part Two. Yeah. I mean, you could argue that, like, some of the best – I mean, this is a different arena we're talking about, but some of the best – oh, that's so great. Cool. That's a cool shot, shot. yeah. yeah. Um, some of the best, like, superhero bad guys, freaking Joker and Lex Luthor, if you get in the same room with Batman or Superman, it's over. It's not yeah. about the no, fight. Yeah, it's not about like, the fight. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's not – you're right. I mean <clears> – <throat> Yeah, like Dark Knight, he needs like dogs and all kinds of shit before he goes after right, Batman. Right, right. <laughs> and then Batman's just like, I'll just throw you off the roof. <laughs> like that's it. That's that. Breaking the mirrors. Then he does it again with Two Face. Like, well, that worked the first time. Let me knock this guy off the roof too. See how that goes. <laughs> Except Bane. Bane, he's like, I guess my solution here after beat, getting beaten up the first time is to fight him again. That's that's how he beats Bane. <laughs> Yeah, but he crawled out of the pit, so he's... He crawled out of the pit, yeah. So he's a new it's man. Better. It's easy. Like, didn't he get his back broken or something like that? Yes, yes. He, break, he breaks him. That's a, that's Bane's yes. thing. He breaks people. He's he the, ruptured uh... a disc. Also starring Littlefinger. Dark Knight Rises. Yep. <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> oh, I guess, you know what? The Rocky movies. Stallone goes against bigger... Well, yeah, but that's boxing. People. I mean... Uh, it'd be well, little, you little, can't like, possibly it, put... It'd be a little weird if, like, William Atherton is, like, the main guy <laughs> he has to box. Yeah, you can't weigh up against him. Oh, yeah, this part looks weird because you're like, wait, what? What did he... And I forget the spears on the Yeah, the spears. Something there, makes yeah. him turn... Does he just push the door? Is that what he it pushes, is? Yeah. He, yeah, he opens the door because we have, he established that earlier when he knocks the spears. And out. freeze frame credits. Wait, I don't think it's credit. Is it credit? No, it's no, not. it's not. But it'd been funny, funny if, it if it was. Good on them for not getting the camera in the shot, by the way. I mean, oh, I know. I can't imagine this been... is. It's not easy to do this. That'd <laughs> have been a like pain you, in the ass. Yeah. You can't CG it out. So. Men groaning. I love that. John Saxon's like, oh, it's been a day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this was this was not the weekend I signed up for. I found the one chair I didn't break on a guy's back. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like, I thought we did that tournament well, where when you hit them, they up. blow the whistle, and they give a point, but no. You know what's also cool that shouldn't be as cool as it is? The poster of this movie. Oh, yeah. It's, it's so cluttered, but it still looks really cool. Like, I really like the poster a lot. You know, it's true. Uh, I just had a, a conversation about movie posters, and I talked about that on Facebook. But you're right. The End of the Dragon, normally I would not like that because I don't like I don't really like a lot of the Star Wars posters because it's too much going on. But you're right. That's a pretty good. Yeah, that is a pretty good one. It's it's just like yeah. the way it's structured with the nunchucks and like, it's like I was down down the middle. Like it's a it's a well-designed poster. It's just more like if you describe that to me and said, yeah, it's like a bunch of, you know, people on the screen. There's some scenes from the movie or what it's like. All right. That doesn't sound that. But like the way it's presented, it just looks cool. You know, it's got a sick poster is Game of Death. Where he's doing the kick. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. See, I don't know what Gosh. the game is. I'll have to look it up. I don't know. Oh, what it is. is sick. 
<laughs> yeah, Enter the Dragon. Po I mean, it's. Oh, this gonna. Not, this, is not, this is the end. Yeah, this is the end with the claw, claw hand. Poster's not that busy. And I, no, I'm I'm overstating it a little bit, but I mean, as far as. I really like the way they line up the the character. Like Jim Kelly looks badass on it. Um, yeah. No, it's a John, it's a cool poster. That's I mean that was the main point. <laughs> John John Saxon's face and fist do not go together on it though. This is humorous. Nope. <laughs> it's too 3D. <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like he's having a conversation with someone, not like oh, I'm gonna fight. Oh, but no, I, yeah, it is a sweet poster with the nunchucks featured. This movie's wrapping up. Um, <laughs> I think we've talked about a lot of things here. Any, any other thoughts on Enter the Dragon as it closes right now? Go watch it in honor of John Saxon, in honor of Bruce Lee, and in honor of Jim Kelly. Watch that damn movie. There, there have been rumors of a remake. Um, Spike Lee was attached at one point. Uh, that, make it, that makes it instantly inter more interesting than it should be. Brett Ratner was attached at one point. That makes it less interesting. I will and say... It, oh, go ahead. David Leach is currently attached uh, hmm. to some degree, although I think his plate's rather busy. So, I, I, I mean, it attached means... We've talked about it in a room once. Like, that's what it comes down to at this point. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like, if it wasn't... I mean, I think that says something about Bruce Lee and just how iconic Bruce Lee is. Somebody was saying... Oh, I think it was, you know, a friend of the show, Yancey, was saying that, like, Bruce Lee is almost is almost or as iconic a... When we think of a Hollywood star as, like, you know, uh, what, James Dean or Elvis for Music or Marilyn Monroe... But because in a way, Enter the Dragon, the premise, yeah, you could totally remake that with like, yeah, that could actually. You well, could the thing is, you don't need to remake it. It we've talked about yeah. the influences so much, where it's it's a very simple premise. I mean, it's like take a bunch of guys, put them on an island. Uh, Enter the boss. Dragon was putting a personality to the forefront, like it was the movie for Bruce Lee. Like, if you're making Enter the Dragon, who are you making it for? Who's it? Who's going to be the voice of Enter the Dragon? Yes, you can't just although, go, oh, guys on an island tournament. Just call it something else. Okay, but um, I will. I'll say this. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Brandon. I will say this though. I had a friend back in the day. He had the exact same uh, thought that you had about Ocean's Eleven. He was like, the point of Ocean's Eleven isn't the plot. It's the fact that it's Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra. He's well, like, they found a way. They they had the voice. Yeah, like, let's say it, those are really good. I like the I like the, the sort of the, the, like key, the, the, the difference there though is that End of the Dragon is a classic film. Ocean's Eleven is not even a good movie. I mean, so like the the the, the, the remake had nowhere to go but up unless it was a train wreck. I, mean, I know what you're saying as far as it was a vehicle for the, just like Robin and the right. Seven Hoods, That's like the rap. It was like, it's a movie with the Rat Pack. That's the idea right. here. You also had like, Soderbergh doing it, yeah. so that's infinitely more interesting a filmmaker. If you have Spike Lee doing it or the dragon, okay, you have my attention. Like, that's... Yeah, it's 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 attaching things that are like, this doesn't seem to go together, so clearly there must be a reason behind it. You're not thinking Spike Lee's going to make Enter the Dragon because he needs the money. You're thinking, okay, he has some kind of take he wants to do on this particular topic. I'm, I'm kind of glad that didn't happen, because what do we really need out of that? I mean, yes, it'd probably be interesting to some degree, but I'd right. rather him do, do movies that he wants to do that are not necessarily needed an IP in attachment to them. Now, um, in, in the, before we finish, like, in the mid-2000s, did you guys ever read up on that there was like a, a rumor or something that they were working on producing a, a like a CGI Bruce Lee 
like film. Like, that I, sounds I, I familiar. Yeah. I, do, yeah. I don't. I don't remember if it was like going to be an animated movie or if they were going to try to live action mix Bruce Lee. Like they were trying to. Make I think that was the idea, if I'm not mistaken. I remember <laughs> reading something like that yeah. because I feel like there was like the Matrix Reloaded was getting pulled in that conversation because of the whole Burly Brawl scene. Yeah, I remember something. and Nothing has come of that at all. But like they were I was just 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 give it time. <laughs> Yeah. If Tupac like, can be a Coachella, real... we can put Bruce Lee yeah. back on screens. It's not the real Bruce Lee, so I, mean, I don't get what it does. But uh, unless someone's like trying to fully realize Game of Death and they're, but he didn't even have a script. Like they said, Bruce Lee didn't work with scripts. Like it was just yeah. No, in he his shot head. that pagoda sequence. He had, he had just outlines. To, like, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying I need this to happen, but at the same time, it's like replicating someone like Bruce Lee with the speed and abilities that he had. Yeah, I can see why. I can see what interest would come out of that as far as create. It's like what? It's like Rocky Balboa making a computer game that suggests what would what would Rocky Balboa in the seventies be versus the other guy. <laughs> that's that's the logic there, right? Right. Um, yes. I mean, going going with what you said though about how when Bruce Lee was making Enter the Dragon, it wasn't necessarily like the whole thing was scripted and perfect. It was more like, oh, well, we have these ideas, and how are we going to make a movie around it? Isn't that at least I don't know if all the movies are like this, but I'm pretty sure McQuarrie. That's, yeah, that's how, how he. That's Fallout. Yeah. Yeah, that's how he made. So in theory, like that's kind of the Mission Impossible is we have Tom Cruise, we have these big set pieces we want to do, and we'll just we need to write something that can be a through point plot or whatever. Like yeah, so, I mean the difference is those don't happen all the time. You you have don't. you have to have people that know what they're doing. And it just so happens that Tom Cruise and Christopher McQuarrie are very good at that kind of thing. Like they can make that work. I there would bet Mi- I would bet Miller's Fury Road is somewhat similar. No, Mi- no, Miller storyboards every single thing. That is Oh wait wait, wait. so storyboarding what does that mean there was no script just a storyboard? I mean, no, there was a script because he had like the he had he already had a story and then he had what the the uh, writers behind the vagina monologues come in to like fine tune it around oh, the limit and everything. True. Okay, no, so like, you're no, that Miller, it, it is very much no Miller. Yeah, Miller's a computer. Miller Miller's mind is I have everything I want to do. I know how I want to do it. I know where every shot's going to go, and and then somehow even after shooting all of you know all 400 hours of footage, my wife's gonna come in and edit the damn thing and it's gonna be amazing. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> Like he has the best kind of collaborators, but he's also a guy that's like he's like Cameron. Like those are guys that beyond story, they know what they want to do with their cameras. Like they know what shots they want to get, how it comes together, and how it all assembles. Like good luck on them, but it happens that again well, they're I mean, among just... the best. They're among the best in the world at doing this kind of but thing. But if these, but if George, if we're talking George Miller and you know Tom Cruise, McQuarrie and Bruce Lee, we're talking these people that are very good at what they do and make some of the best the best of what of 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 that of those kind of films why is it so often that i feel like you know not just living in la but when you're talking about people who either want to make movies or love movies many people always say it's about the characters and it's about the plots if you have and that's what's really important and i was like i don't really know if it's always that is it just that that's an easy way it's like that's an easy end is to think if i have a good character and I've got some good conflict for them. I can make this little story because what we're talking about with these because movies because, are because if different. you're pitching 
because if you're pitching something, you can't say, I'm going to have camera A here to shoot this at this time, and you're going to see this right. thing. That's not interesting in a pitch meeting. You're going to talk about the character and that story and what makes it different from something else because he's this guy, and he wears this, and he's like after that, as opposed to, you know, we're going to see this shot of this thing at this angle. Like, you can't pitch that in a meeting. Like, I know what you're saying. It's just, it's a default way of thinking, which is problematic to some degree, but I mean... I get I where that feel, comes yeah. from and how to have that conversation. If you're not a guy, if you're not like one cinematographer talking to another cinematographer, you're going to, that's the, that's the kind of way to fall back on. Right. I mean, and then, you know, Brandon, Brandon, you're, you know, you're a huge encyclopedia of like, uh, horror movies, especially like slasher films and stuff. And I would, I would bet that a lot of what you love about, you know, certain, certain filmmakers and certain, slasher movies isn't necessarily the plot and the character right i'm assuming there's a lot of, yeah there's a lot of technique and style that goes with it and practice and seeing how, a lot of my interest in like slashers and and all those is to see you know my, my favorite movies halloween and stuff and i love seeing what someone's mind gets from that and thinks is important or tries to where they come from there's a whole lot of different angles i take other than set them up and knock them down or he's got a cool mask there's like and a the, lot of and, right and the, and, the, and the best examples happen to be very stylish filmmakers i mean they, they, they tend to be there's some underground ones some some people can make some wonderful sleaze um it's it's just there's all different ways to enjoy to, to enjoy something that's repetitious um and it's it, and i find interest in it and i think it's a cool practice and it kind of separates like you said aaron it can separate some from the herd like you see who goes on the bigger stuff i mean yeah i just think it's an interesting way of like approaching supposedly i think harmony corinne when he made spring breakers i think his big thing was he was really trying to think of it as more of a song or songs he wasn't trying Uh to think of it as a plot and character Mm -hmm. or who's um it's clash of the titans is that ray harryhausen yes i mean his it's his his work his work right. he yeah. is he is not the director or the writer but we think of those movies we they're think an extra they're yeah it's a it's a it's a vessel to have a bunch of ray harryhausen based right. visual right. effects sequences right skeletons with swords or whatever like um i don't know just, oh and actually and then aaron for you like the godzilla films like again don't know how and you no, know that, that's be, that's because of the story and characters <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is exactly the story and characters. like uh but I think that, yeah, I mean, the, I don't the physic, the physicality that Bruce Lee or yes, or um, even though we're just talking about the fight versus dancer thing, someone like Gene, you know, Gene Kelly or anybody who brings a certain kind of physicality and then how they use that, how they use their own bodies. And then, yes, what are they what is their selection with the camera? Where are they going to place the camera and how are they going to make the action like understandable and also thrilling um, I think is a pretty interesting talent, you know, cause I don't, I mean, we've, the three of us here, we've all seen a lot of really mediocre action movies, <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of really lazy, quick MTV editing. And it's like, oh, this makes no sense. You know, like and I've seen a lot of just bad movies that have impressive work in them because I can see, you can see what's involved in doing some of this stuff. Oh, there are, you know, there are plenty of movies that are overall mediocre. Like, I, like what? Like Broken Arrow I watched last week. There's a lot of great stuff in Broken Arrow. It's not a great movie, but there's a lot of, like, woos excess going on in there that's impressive to watch. Wait, is that your favorite American John Woo film? 
No, face off, obviously. Oh, I'm just okay. I'm just saying in terms of like <laughs> seeing like, Whoa, Broken Arrow is your favorite? Like, no, I'm saying in terms of see, I my the premise was the fact that it's a mediocre movie, but the fact that you can still see Wu's cinematic stylings coming through. Same with Hard Target. That that movie's not, you know, that's not very good, but you can see everything about Wu that makes Wu who hard, is. Oh, it's Hard Target the is that the Van Damme one? That's Van Damme and the late Wilford Brimley, of course. Yes. Is that when it's like, is he a homeless vet that they're hunting for sport or something like that? Yes. Yeah. That's yes. The, it's, a, it's a most dangerous game knockoff. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I forgot that. Um, but anyways, yeah. Well, I, coming back to Enter the Dragon, I do think that, that that is something that I think as a film lover, I really appreciate. I appreciate seeing somebody who seems like they have something that they want to do and seeing them realize that is, is pretty, and, and it's so unique to his particular charisma and skill set and everything. Very much so. Well, with that, uh, that's going to wrap it up for our Enter the Dragon commentary track. Where can people find more of your guys' work online? Peter Paris. Well, uh, I write for Why So Blue, but I, I have been terrible at this pandemic. I think the last thing I wrote was the boy too, which is not as good as Enter the Dragon. Um, but we call, we call it <laughs> the Pete, the Pete Demick. Yes, the pandemic. But I mean, I I been, I do really want to get back to writing. I've just been uh, busy with my nine to five job. Um, but uh, yeah, why so blue? And then I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Pajamo with an O. Brandon Peters. You can find my work at uh, why so blue, oh, where I have my brand new review for the Swan Princess Award Royal Wedding, a movie on VOD. You should check out because I love my daughter. And uh, <laughs> I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Uh, and I, I have a new podcast coming in September, as you know, called Cinema Cavalcade. It is now over. It's in the past. It's done. Uh, but I got a new show that I think people listening to this show will definitely enjoy. And uh, people on the show will be a part of it. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's a uh, work in progress, but it's going to be very exciting. Very cool. You can find me writing at WeLiveEntertainment.com as well as WiseTheBlue.com. I'm also on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Our podcast is available everywhere you can find podcasts, and you can follow us on Facebook.com slash podcast, Twitter.com slash underscore podcast, and Instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Peter and Brandon, thank you very much for joining me for this episode. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Great. For sure. Uh, what's next, September? September. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out some options. But until next time, so long. I grew up on the crime side, the New York Times side. Staying alive was no job, had second hands. Moms bounced on old man, so then we moved to Shallon Land. A young youth, you're rocking the gold tooth. Low goose, only way I begin to G York was drug loot. Unless started like this, son, rolling with this one and that one, pulling out gas for fun. But it was just a dream for the team who was a fiend. Started smoking wolves at 16 and running up in gates and doing hits by high stakes, making my way off fire escapes. No question, I would speed for cracks and weed. The combination made my eyes bleed. No question, I would flow off and try to get the dough off. Sticking up right, boys, on board court. My life got no better. Same damn low sweater. Times is rough and tough like leather. Figured out I went the wrong route. So I got with a sick tight click and went all out. Catching keys from cross seas. Rolling in MPVs every week. We made 40 G's. Yo, brothers, respect mine. I ain't gonna take now. Bow, move from the gate now. Gate now.